You know, that's a really good song, guys. Welcome to episode, what, 22 of uh, of Third Man In? Yeah. Brought is... to you by Head Check Health. I am uh, Mike Hickey, joined as I usually am by... Uh, it's Charles. And of course... Terry Ryan. Sorry, I was daydreaming there. No, no worries. No worries, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, I pointed to you. Son. You had your head down, man. That's all we can do. Um, we are here today. It is. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, which I think is uh, the 23rd. Today I'm, is the 23rd of June. I don't even know anymore, yeah, so yeah, you're probably yeah. listening to this on the 25th, I would imagine. I think so. It's um, the end of draft weekend. It is. It's been, uh, it's been a wild weekend. Uh, congrats to Alex Newhook. Uh, we're actually kind of recording this out of order, so we talk a bit about the draft and all that stuff after our interview today. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's a fun one. We got a, a, a great interview, uh, with Darcy Harris, uh, who, uh, played with TR and, and Fredericton. There's a bunch of incredible stories about the season they, uh, played together there. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's take a quick second here from Head Check Health and then, uh, we'll come back and chat about a couple things before we go to the interview. Concussions are serious business. Concussions and post-concussion syndrome had a huge effect on my career. Whether you're a player, a concerned parent, a coach, a risk manager, or an executive, they're a major area of concern. HeadCheck Health has developed software and services that improve the way concussions are assessed, tracked, and managed at all levels of sport. Their goal is to create a safer environment of play by giving better tools to the individuals responsible for documenting and assessing concussions and providing better data to administrators to make real health and safety improvements. HeadCheck currently works Works with organizations across the country like the Canadian Junior Hockey League, BC Hockey, Rugby Ontario, the Western Lacrosse Association, and more to advance their concussion management practices. If you're interested in learning more how HeadCheck can help your team or organization, please visit HeadCheckHealth.com or email info at HeadCheckHealth.com. That's HeadCheckHealth.com or info at HeadCheckHealth.com and tell them TR sent you. All right, so uh, before we go to the interview, uh, we'll just do, TR's actually stepped away. Like you said, we, we already we've, recorded the interview. We already recorded the outro. This is us just coming back and doing some housekeeping off the top. This is the most ass-backwards we've done the backwards I stuff I think before. so, this yeah. Is, I think it's really funny. fucking weird. I think this is fun, actually. This <sighs> is a real, it's like shuffling a deck of cards. I know, and I mean, it's a weird one for me, too. I just, I, I'm sitting here. Mike's on the injured reserve right now. Um, yeah. Even though I'm supposed to play hockey in an hour, and I still haven't decided. I think I'm going to throw my bag in the car and go and, like, give the guy money because it's too late to, to bail oh, it. But it's a two-hour skate, so I might just, like, test it, see how I'm feeling. But I just, uh, I was playing softball. I'm actually sitting here in my softball gear because I got home as the boys showed up. And uh, on like the last play of the day today, I uh, we we on my last play of the day, um, turning a double play. I was playing first base. A guy, our, our third baseman, caught uh, caught a fly ball, got it back to me to turn two on the guy tag who didn't tag up. He like on contact took a couple strides. Third baseman caught the ball, threw it back to me. It was like it was one I had to kind of stretch over the the foul line for, and dude. Like the guy running just came right down on my Achilles with his. You're, you're on third base, are you? Not first. You're on first. Yeah. Who's, yeah. who's on first? I'm on first. Um, yeah. No. It's it, it's it's funny too. Boom! If what's, anyone sticks around after that. Yeah. So it is funny too because despite my physicality, uh, my team has nicknamed me in our group chat Stretch. Stretch wow. for uh, for for my playmaking abilities over on first base. There but, you go. Um, you and I know a couple of the boys listen. So uh, Rob, our pitcher. I also I also pitched two shutout innings. I've never pitched before and was brought in pitched oh, two shutout innings of ball today. So. I, I play I play uh, and slow pitch softball. Like, yeah, you always play, get lit up in slow pitch. I, I was all softball, worried. Man. I play a softball charity tournament every year for uh, up in Mount Pearl for a 
synchro figure skating thing. I, I, ah, I, one, of, one of my friends has a fundraiser every year, and I play it. You playing the classic this year? Uh, Morning yeah, after? Uh, oh, it is the day after, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. Because you're doing your party fire. on the yeah, sun. Yeah, you've never yeah, been able to yeah, do it before. Yeah, Speaking been... of which, we have a thing. We have a thing. Okay, we have a thing. Yeah. I'm glad we remembered this. Yeah, All right. Okay. So, uh... We're going to do a contest. We are. Contest. A little trivia game for everyone listening at home. Uh, my favorite band, uh, if, you, if you know me at all, you know my favorite band is, is, is the Arkells, based out of Hamilton, Ontario. Your favorite band is who? Uh, Arkells. You yeah, said the I, I Arkells. Say the, I do I give them the the, but anyway, uh, they've been my favorite band in a while. Anytime they come through town... I buy far too many tickets. Also, they, also, you've got like some connection. You're also known as the guy who got Arkells to George Street well, for the first time. Well, some people will say that. Yes, I don't think the George Street people like hearing that. I've told that story before. Yeah, well, uh, not on not on the podcast. Not on but, this, yeah. but uh, way, you also got me. I met I met the guys because uh, you did had when you did get them there. Yeah, they, they also did a little, like a pop up show, and you got played, me in. Played a little little secret one there yeah. for all my drunk friends. That was yeah. a couple of years ago. I've been coming back. Pretty much, pretty all the regular. Time. Yeah, it was they, like they, one of those things where, like, once they showed up, they were like, "Oh fuck!" Well, like, you know, they wanted to come. They always wanted. Well, to no, come. but I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like the people that book it, and right? it was uh, well, it, you know, they're they're great at what they do. I brought my dad to see them this February when I missed an episode, and and my dad's review was well, I've seen a lot of bands, mm. and we have we've seen Dylan Maiden, uh, Roger Waters together. This is just oh, me right. and my dad, and he says I haven't seen a band work like that. And yeah, that was a pretty cool review from. You know, a guy who only had—he's only heard two or three, two of the records. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I was, um, I, yeah, I, I fucking love Arkells, and uh, I'm psyched. I because I was late. I only bought my tickets yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew I was getting them. I just kept putting it off, and then uh, grabbed them yesterday. I, so I, I always buy far too many when they come to town. They, I remember they played the Breezeway in 2013, and and I went up. They were selling them upstairs in the student union building. Yeah, I remember walking up, and I was like, "Yeah, give me 20 because they were like 11 bucks each. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and I had a party that night at my. Yeah. Apartment, and then if, if like you came, it yeah, rain, essentially, if, if you came to the party and wanted to go to the concert, well, my roommate wasn't going. You can stay here and party, or here's a ticket to go see, you know, a band at the Breezeway. I they're one of my favorites. I like them. Yeah, so. I remember. I actually, uh, I what, think you were at that party. Uh, I don't know. I might have been. I think you might have been. Know. That might have been the first time. You're I am. Well. Oh, I yeah, think it was like yeah. the only time I party with you on yeah, Wishing Well. So. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I remember yeah, that I, now. I can remember. And I think I went to the Arkell show. Well, I, think. I mean, there was there was plenty of tickets going around. I remember too. Like, I remember the Arkells, uh, or sorry, I remember Arkells first from, there was a, a show on Much Music back in the day. And my buddy, who I had grown up with and played a bunch of shows with his band in high school, uh, they were called Fluid and Damp. They had a couple different names, all generally Damn. synonyms for moist. Um, <laughs> but uh, David Usher up um, to these days. But anyway, uh, uh, Ryan Shepard, who played in that band, had a new band in Toronto. They were called Spaces for Stars. They had this one fucking tune called Star, or, um, Scars into Stories that I still have fl on fucking playlists. I love it. And there was this basically Battle of the Bands show that like Greg Nori from Travel Charger used to host oh, and shit. Oh, I remember this program. And anyway, so so the boys in Spaces for Stars came in second to Arkells. Wow, I didn't and know that. to the point, and it was such a thing that like, um, it was such a thing that the guys actually were brought back on at like uh, like basically like bypass the other round and were brought back on just because they were like 
you guys would have won if yeah. you were any up against anybody who wasn't <laughs> fucking Arkells. Like, if you weren't that weak, Fair. it's just like they're that band and they're going to be whatever. So they brought them back on and they got to do the show again after. But that's kind of what put Arkells on my radar. Okay. And I fucking you, loved them you, since Jackson Square. Yeah, I've, I, I tell you, I was a little late to the party. I was walking home. I had a, a it was one of my first jobs I got in town. And I used to have to walk through the mall to cut off a couple of minutes from my walk yeah. every day. So I was uh, walking home, and <laughs> Michigan left had just literally the day it was released. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just saw, and I just something about the artwork of it that was at the HMV, and they're long dead and gone now, yeah, aren't yeah. they? That's depressing. That's the second HMV reference something, that you'll yeah, hear. First yeah, of two that you'll hear today, yeah. And uh, something about it, I picked it up, and uh, lo and behold, they've been one of my favorite bands. So, well, they're definitely my favorite band since their latest record came out, and that's oh, what they're here touring for. So the contest is for uh, you and a friend to go see Arkells. On during, George Street. On George Street. On during my June 30th. Favorite weekend of the year is Canada Day. But now I'm not just going to give these away by a like or subscribe. It's a trivia question. That you have to like and subscribe to <laughs> yeah, qualify. To get to, yeah, well, <laughs> Still you like, like. Do all of that. Do like, all of that, please. Like, like and subscribe on all the different things, you know, and, and rate and review us on fucking iTunes and all those that shit. Yes, please But also, to get in this contest, you have to comment on the on whatever you're listening to like if you found us through Instagram if you're if you're somebody who follows us on Twitter um, the post relating to this episode uh, with Darcy Harris's picture is gonna go up um, mm. and on that kind of like marquee this is what the episode is either reply or comment on it with the answer to this question in the year of our Lord. <laughs> okay, we're going to cut that. We're gonna no, go. we're going to leave it. I'm okay, not doing extra right, work. Shoot. But we, okay, we're, we're just going to skip it. In, uh, in 2000 and... Don't I'm trying say, to think the don't year. Say don't the say year. the year. Don't, don't say, say the year. year. It's a hint. It's a hint. Okay, well, I, I got to... Oh. Has, oh, it, yeah, has this happened so. to you more than once? Well, I don't remember. All right, well, there you go. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it right around contest. You and a friend, Arkells, George Street, June thirtieth. I'm giving away two tickets. I brought this up in the program earlier. If you want to really do your homework, I once received a jersey in the mail of some significance. Put it on my back, and nine minutes later, this guy gets traded. So if you know who that player is, who that player and what jersey it is, um, you need to comment and let us know. And then we'll pick everybody. We'll put every, like all the names in like a random, random number generator, whatever the fuck it is that we do. Um, and then we will pick one and that person and a friend will get a chance to uh, go uh, watch the Arkells on yeah, George Street. Yeah. Well, and, I'll repeat the question again. So here it is. All right. I once opened a, uh, a big hockey jersey guy. If you listen, you know this by now, and this was a big deal for me. I once got a hockey jersey in the mail, put it on, and nine minutes later, the guy on the back was traded. There you go. There and is. so if you know that, uh, the answer to that, like I said, the, comment the, on, on the post. And uh, what you can do then is get a chance to come down to George Street, see Arkell's play, Enjoy a, a wonderful night of entertainment, um, and on you know the Canada Day weekend, yeah. right in between the the day before Canada Day and Canada Day Bender, um, that involves a Canada Day Classic, which is me and my buddies playing softball, um, and at which point all of us will be drinking plenty of ice cold Miller Lights. Uh, we're gonna hear from Miller Lite, and when we come back, we're gonna have our guest Darcy Harris. So if you know the answer to the question, um, comment with it. Uh, we're gonna draw somebody on Friday to let you know if you got tickets for Sunday night. And in the meantime, we're gonna go drink a couple of these bad boys. 
Here's a few things to know when opening an ice-cold Miller Lite. They brew their beer to 90 calories and 3 grams of carbs per 355 milliliter serving. And they also brew for great taste. It's this great Pilsner taste that's made Miller Lite a favorite for our beer drinkers everywhere. Miller Lite, 90 calories, 3 grams of carbs. It's Miller time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gives me great, great pleasure to welcome my good friend, former teammate, former Kitchener Ranger, Fredericton Canadian, Quebec Citadel, and University of Prince Edward Island Panther, and good O'Leary PEI boy, Darcy Harris. Darcy, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great, Gary. Thanks for having me on here. Hey, Mike, hey, Charles, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Excited for another PEI connection. Darcy's a regular listener. (laughs) Lots of those. I listen to all the time. Lots of those. uh, Yeah, big fan of the PEI hockey because it's only time you're going to get a guy that's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we grew up together and knew him and uh, we had to fight, so (laughs) we fought six times and uh, (laughs) love it. My favorite, love the PEI stuff. Uh, I'm a little younger than uh, than Frenchie and Linger, so I don't don't have any, uh, no stories of fighting them growing up. uh, Um. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll go if you French call them up, Linger, I think. My God, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine, like, knowing those guys, like, what what it must have been like, like, when they were 13, 14, 15 years old. I bet you Linger just started a lot of shit. <laughs> I, I just oh, know yeah, it. I, and and we, Mac, too, to a point, but I, I just bet it was fucking chaos. Oh, yeah. Um, Linger still starts shit. I just, got, when, when we were drinking one night in uh, in Charlottetown, me and Brody Coffin and Linger and them, anyway, we, were, we left. Brody's another hockey guy. Uh, Yeah, great guy. Fresno Falcon champion, the West Coast Hockey League. Just had to get that in there. Keep going. We, I think we we left Jake's, which was the yacht club, and we were walking around the waterfront towards Beaks. And uh, Linger thought it'd be funny. There's a floating dock about you know ten feet down in the harbor and about ten feet out, and he was convincing Brody to to jump onto it to take a run and jump and jump you know the ten feet out, ten feet down. Just I was like, Jesus. Friggin' catch that right in his chest, he'll crack his sternum and kill him. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. It'll be funny. (laughs) No care. No care. Like, just so much. And and for no reason. Yeah, no reason. Linger just walks around and, uh, yeah, you won't do that. And it's just, and it turns into something. And then the cops show up, yada, yada, yada. It's just always something. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that must have been a blast. But you're from O'Leary now. and I am, yeah. Usually we go just chronologically straight through, but um, yeah. as long as we started with Linger, Linger was the type, guys, not that we didn't talk enough about him. He Linger was fun, but he was a prankster. Like he was a type, if Linger came off first from practice, then he was he, up to something. He was up to something. Like you might have shaving cream in your shoes. <laughs> I don't know how many times my tie was cut. Just just oh. a fiberglass. That's where I got the fiberglass thing. Back in the day, you would shave your stick, right? So you'd shave it. And I would yeah. shave the top to make it rounded. I didn't like the square part. So there was a lot of shavings. And Linger would always hang around and collect those. Oh, no. He would, yeah. And he'd put them into, like, pe- and he wouldn't make it obvious. Uh, he would, like, put it in your elbow pad. So eventually, you're like, what the fuck's going on? And you know what I mean? Like, three games later, you're like, I got a rash. Is the elbow pads the PG oh, version of this story? Because no, I can well, picture, I no, can but, picture going But Linger else. wouldn't do that because it's too obvious, though. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. Linger. Yeah. Linger, wants, Linger really yeah. wants to be a cunt. Like, he does. It's not so much to get a laugh. Because to get the laugh, you would put it in your on your jock immediately. Yeah. And But no, Linger was Linger wanted it. To resonate, <laughs> he wanted that that 
the smell of prank to linger. Oh, like four or five days. Like yeah, the, the just long, the long yeah. con. Whatever, the yeah, the long con, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. So and it go, that guy was like, he's he's a legend everywhere he's ever been. I I got the Kitchener, and people were asking me about David Ling. Do I know David Ling? And I was like, oh, I don't really know the guy. He's older than I am, but I, you know, I obviously know who he is and done a few things. And anyway. They uh, were telling me a story about one night they, they, the Rangers were playing the Frontenacs, and uh, I can't remember who coached Kitchener at the time. It was before my time, but um, anyway, he he was Lingen was obviously one of the best players in the ice, but could fight too. And and uh, the coach kept the coach was actually kind of chirping him from the bench, and and uh, he would say, "Oh, I'm going to send someone. I got someone for you. I'm going to send someone out." And Lingen's like, "Yeah, yeah, just let me get a hat trick first. Let me get a hat trick first. Anyway, scores one." <laughs> Two more, just two more. Let me get two more. Scores a second one. One more, and then I'm good to go. One more, and then I'm good to go. And they got a hat trick, and then oh, wow. told them send whoever you want. Just an aggravating, <laughs> aggravating man to play against. Yeah, and I'll tell you, this will sum up Linger. To explain about that lingering pranks that he likes. So he told a story on there, I think. Remember Stefan Dubé, our trainer, in yeah. whatever he was, personal training guy? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. He was pretty good. You know, looking back, he was a little yeah. ahead of his time. Um, but anyway, so he was a strength and conditioning coach in Montreal and, and Fredericton. He'd be in Fredericton half the year because, you know, we, 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 a lot of the young guys just don't know what to do. Whereas a lot of the guys like Mark Recchi and, and, you know, Corson and them, they, they'd been doing it for 10 years. And, and back then, even though it, it wasn't what it was today. There was still a level of training. We, we still had to be fairly strict. So Linger got pissed off at Stefan one day. And we came out and we like put shaving cream all over his car and we wrapped it in toilet paper. And it was the winter, so I didn't really. <laughs> Linger insisted on the shaving cream though, and I thought it was funny, but I didn't realize that it like it was the winter, so it'd freeze on. It became a real problem. But then, so we did that. We were in the rink for some reason. I don't know if it was the trade deadline, or there was some reason that we were in the rink at night because usually practice was earlier in the day, and that's why we did it. We were the only two at the rink, so we went over. And we, we pulled that shit on, on Stefan. His, his car was out front, right? I guess he probably was in there with Mike Tarion or whatever he was doing. We knew that he was only going to be maybe two hours, but we had a window. So we did it. But then we went in. I, I can't remember what we did. It worked out. But whatever, we used the rink for some reason. And on the way out, he grabbed Stefan's stuff. And it was like sitting on the rack. I don't know if Steph was showering. I don't know what happened. But he grabbed it all like it was on hangers. And he grabbed it and he tied some of it together. And we got outside the door and he just threw it over over a bank. <laughs> And I'm like, why did you do that? They said, oh, we're pranking Steph. And I said, but we already pranked him. There's no reason to take his shit and throw it over a fucking bank leading to a river in the back of the Aiken Center in Fredericton. But that was Linger, right? It wasn't enough. Yeah. It wasn't enough to have a ha-ha joke. He had to be a prick. Um, yeah. Anyway, and I love how we just got right into that because uh, it, it, PEI, though, we, we, every time someone else from PEI comes out, we'll be, have a different Linger story. And we haven't even told the best, and I don't know if we ever will because it's too far <laughs> over the fucking line. Um, uh, but anyway, so, Darce, we're going to get into this. So you come up. Now, I know about your start in Kitchener for the yeah. Rangers. And, it, it, guys, so where I'm coming from is this. Darcy was a walk. Darcy was a late pick, weren't you? Ninth or tenth round? I went to Kitchener? Yeah. No, no, to the NHL. Yeah. 
to the NHL, yeah, I was a late pick. I was an overage draft both to the OHL and to the NHL. I was a, I, was, I guess, was oh, your prototypical yeah. late bloomer, right? So, uh, the most most um, overage numbers like in history this weekend. There was a lot of overage action in the draft this yeah, year. I, I don't know if it's that. in history, yeah. but it was a uh, the Habs went and picked the guy three years overage on a weird loophole deal. I yeah. think. You, from, remember Darcy when we were there? He, they picked Andre Bashkarov. He was thirty. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not kidding, guys. Yeah. He got drafted in the NHL draft like after me and Darcy. And he was yep. 30 and years was, old then. I swear to yep. fuck, I don't know and how. There's or, some transfer agreement yeah, thing. Yeah, right. they did the same thing. Andre Bashkar. Well, did he not, like, honestly, was he, did he not get drafted out of the East Coast League? Was he not playing in the East Coast League I, or somewhere you know what, in the I, It was a really weird like story. That. And then he came in, he had, like, he gray was. hairs, and he, like, grunted like John Wayne. And I was going, like, oh my this God. guy, like, what? And then they used him for, like, half been. a year. Like, he got up. That was, and that pissed me off. I don't know what happened. I don't honestly know what happened with him during... Darcy, he was okay, but there was a bunch of us in the minors that were like bringing along, and all of a sudden they draft this bearded, gray bearded, yeah. like 30, 31 year old, and he got half the year in, and we're like, what's the fucking point of that? It's closer to didn't seniors. Have, yeah. didn't have to be me, but you know, Matt would. Higgins or Asham or Darcy or Boyd Olson or somebody. Like, I don't know, Boyd's and, a good example. Bash's, he was on our team. Like, we, yeah. he's part of it. Like, in Bash's defense, I, I don't know if I've ever <laughs> been on the ice with somebody who had that, like, one step full speed. My God. He, he was. And the quick strength, off the line and had an unreal shot. Yeah. Unreal but shot. The but he was the biggest waste of – and I, I don't mean this in a negative way. No, I, I know. It sounds, I sounds negative, but he, he was a, it's kind of a waste of that talent because there wasn't a whole lot of brains there. He, he would – he'd have a step in the defenseman, just be able to beat him wide. All he had to do was take one of them, yeah, you know, crackerjack snapshots to the top corner. He'd blow snow, pull back towards the boards, take the puck right back up to his own D, dish it to him after he drug everybody up there and, you know, turn the puck over. Like, what the fuck? Like, just yeah, no, like, just I figured if, if you're going to take a chance on a guy like that, like, make sure he's an unbelievable – like, if he was there and he was, like, unreal and he went up to the NHL and he did well. But, like, if – I found that move just stunted all of our growths. Like, what? Yeah. Why would you take a thirty-year-old and try to develop him? What's he going to be? Hopefully, when he's forty-two. You know, like I'm like, we're all here. We're all ten years younger than he is, at least. All, all he needs like, is a good I'm six just, years yeah. to get used to like, the age. Unless he's going to get you fifty. What's the point of all this? Like, he went up and his numbers were like okay. What were they? I'm looking. I'm looking at it here now. Here's the important thing. He went. He he was born in seventy. He was drafted 132nd overall in 1998. Yeah, third, yeah. Third round so he's 28 fucking pick, years old. 50 round pick. But not only yeah. that, he's got. Uh, what did he do? He's got a game with Providence in '93. Yeah, yeah. He played it, in the AHL. Yeah. He did. He it's had the weirdest story there is. And he had eight seasons split between the ECHL and the IC and the IHL before he got fucking drafted. Yeah, so well, he was well, Grand Rapids or something, wasn't it? He was. He was. He was. Yeah, he was with uh, Charlotte. He played with the Providence Bruins and. He, and Charlotte Checkers, then the Huntington Blizzard, then the Detroit Vipers, Las Vegas Thunder, and uh, oh, Fort Wayne geez. Comets. And he was drafted out of the Fort Wayne Comets. And he had like he was a it, journeyman before he even before he got fucking drafted. And what were his numbers How's like he, up top? How's he playing in the AHL? In ninety eight ninety nine, he had ten games in the NHL. Uh, other than a minus three, the rest of the stat lines empty. Yeah, so the year after that, he had two again, completely empty across the board. Year after that, he had eighteen games where he had an, a, three assists. Uh, and uh, 17 pims. So what I'm saying, yeah. So, like, his NHL numbers are no better than ours could possibly have been. So why are you taking a guy? <laughs> like, I see this year when they signed, or last year, uh, L.A. signed Kovalchuk. I don't really agree with it. I wouldn't have done it. I think he was out of the league too long. Oh, but I, I don't see. Think, I don't think they're, but, they're pl- proud of doing that now. <laughs> no, no, no. And no. that's not my point to Zilia Kovalchuk. But some guys, you're like, there's a chance 
that he's going to pot 40. Who knows? Or, yeah. you know, and yeah. whatever. Now, he didn't get drafted. He was a free agent, totally different. But I'm just saying, like, there was no history of that with Andre Bashkarov for me to say, oh, they had to go get him. Oh, he had, like, 68 goals in the – he didn't do anything. He like, had his – set no, with the IHL, no. his, last, yeah. uh, his last season before getting drafted in the I, he had 65 games – 28 goals, 48 assists for 76 okay. points, uh, 16 penalty minutes, and four, plus okay. 49. My point being, yeah, and I had 50 goals and 60 fucking assists and 210 penalty minutes in the WHL, and I'm a draft pick. Like, what I'm saying is, you know, and, and so did Aaron Asham, and I can go over Boyd Olson's numbers, and Darcy Harris, who had 20 goals in Kitchener and put his time in a major junior, and this guy, who seems to his career kind of passed him by, yeah, gets redrafted at 28 to get no points in 10 games. To I'm me, just, it was just a weirdy, weird move. And I, at the time, I think it, it stunted a lot of Montreal players' growth. So I can't believe we got to him, but uh, we're, we're, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Off I the really rails. I, I think it might have been some sort of weird contract rights thing. That's the only thing be. I can think of here. Is, is I just don't know why they needed to take him. Like Montreal weren't going for a Stanley Cup. It's not like they needed to add a guy that, oh, maybe he's going to be a... You know, they were developing young During those times, they were developing young players. They'd missed the playoffs the year before I got there, right? They won the cup, then they missed the playoffs. So in that rebuilding time, they were supposed to be centering around us young guys, and I'm including Darcy. Darcy beat out – okay, I'm going to get back to it, but Darcy, the reason I said – Darcy went in the ninth round, but he was unsigned when he came to camp, and we had all kinds of guys that were drafted way higher that were supposed to be prospects, and Darcy beat them out. So as I I wanted – to get that in before we started, to give people an idea where I'm coming from. And the other thing, guys, I want kids to know, Darcy, that's the biggest reason I had Darcy on here today. A, he's a really good friend, but um, Darcy ended up sacrificing And, uh, and Andre Bashkarov wasn't available. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and fucking, yeah. Let's have Bash on here. Did we call him Bash? I don't even remember speaking to him. He, uh, he was like uh, a Neanderthal because he couldn't. He couldn't speak English really well at all, English. and he'd like grunt, and he'd, he'd like. Been here for six years. I know. Speak he was like a Neanderthal. It was like playing with the because he didn't know English or French. Like, at least like <laughs> Stefan Robida didn't know English, but I could go over and shoot the shit with him and like make hand gestures, and we'd come up with like you know we'd listen to Celtic Connection and Great Big C together. There was a connection, right? A lot of those guys. Yeah. Johnny Delille didn't speak English great, but he was great to hang out with. But Bash was yeah. just a living organism <laughs> that moved around from the bus to the hotel. <laughs> to the rink. It was just a living organism. Uh, it was fucking crazy. Like, Bash, hey, what's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it was really crazy that you get drafted so high. Like, you know, after all this time, how do you feel about it? <laughs> uh, well, are you hungry? <laughs> it's just like nothing. And I'm not fucking exaggerating. Nothing. I, never, I heard him say no word. He was my teammate. I don't know. For, I don't remember how long. Half a year. Until the villagers chased him up into that lighthouse. And then I literally talked and to and my steering wheel more. Because sometimes if I'm driving, yeah. I be driving, I get pissed off. And I'll ram my head off the steering wheel and speak to it. Tell it to go fuck itself or something. But I, I had a better relationship with the steering wheel of my Dodge Durango. I don't know um, if that speaks about Bash or you when I you're driving. I kind of bad. I hope he doesn't listen to the show. Know, yeah. Fuck. Well, no, but I, I don't even think I've said anything bad yet. No. If you don't see that that's a, a bad... Revealing. If drafting a 28-year-old journeyman nobody isn't yeah. recognized as a bad yeah, move... Exa- exactly. I mean, I What's... can admit I was a bad pick. I can admit I I was... Whatever happened, I don't want to. I think I would have done better, but I didn't. I didn't prove it. I would have loved the shot, but if someone says... If I read Sportsnet, which I often do, or the Hockey News, and it says, first round flop Terry Ryan, I get it. I, 
I, I wish Bash was here and he could probably defend himself and his skills, but the fact is, it didn't really fucking work out. Just like I didn't, and I'm mad enough to admit it. It, uh, it speaks I, morally I to the scouting. I'm sure yeah. they could have got him without drafting. Yeah. Why draft him? You could have yeah. signed like, him. We're, we're, people, we're people knocking down that door. <laughs> and like I said, I, I mean, we talk about you and me and everybody else, but he was in our way. If he didn't get yeah. called up, one of us would have gotten called up, right? Like, yeah. And when I say one of us, guys, there was only like, you know, of our age group, like there was probably eight guys that were forwards that would have gone up in his position. Right, so yeah, uh, you yeah. know he really did. You know what? And fuck Bash, then go fuck yourself, Bash. I don't want you to be here right now. I am a step better. Fuck that. I mean, I got fucked over. You suck. It's not like he's gonna say no. They draft him. He's probably as confused as, yeah, as you. I know, would be. Look, dude. I probably probably doesn't even know he got drafted yet. I mean, they might they might have thought it was Russ Adam. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a possibility. Boys, I got to take uh, this call. You ask Darcy the next question, then I'm coming back. All right. <laughs> I've got I've got a good one. Uh, so we're going to jump ahead here. We're going to jump ahead because okay. TR, TR likes to do things chronologically. I like to cruise around on HockeyDB, and I find a connection, and I'm like, oh, wow, not a lot of people would know this. Joel Ward, he uh, shared three seasons yeah. with him at UPEI. Joel Ward is, of course, a, one of the late guys to come in and start his NHL career fairly late. Uh, what was it like playing yeah. with him? And especially as it's draft weekend, this will go up on Tuesday or Wednesday, just after the draft. Uh, maybe there's some people that are listening whose names didn't get called and probably were there. Uh, Joel's one of those guys, his name didn't get called, still plugged away at it. What was it like uh, being on a team with Joel Ward? Uh, it was great. Joel and I, we actually lived together at the, when we were in university. Um, just a great guy. We still we still keep in touch quite a bit. I was down. He got married last last summer in Napa, and we were down at the wedding, and, and I was down in February just before that. A bunch of the boys, we always try to make a trip to get down and see him wherever he's at. We were, went down to San Jose. We've been to Washington. Nice. Some have been to Nashville and stuff, too. But um, uh, he was it was <laughs> fun to watch him every day. You could tell... He was he was a step ahead. Like the university league is quite a bit better than I think a lot of people give it credit for. There's a lot of guys in that league who were drafted. The majority of it's you know major junior guys. Um, there's there's some maritime junior guys, but mm-hmm. um, it's pretty high quality. But uh, Joel was when he got a hold of the puck, he was just so strong along the wall. He, like wasn't he didn't have lightning speed? That, you know he didn't burn people wide. He had good hands, but he was almost like the Yammer Yager was in the university league. He, he got a hold of the puck and he was tough to get it from. He'd stick his big arse out there and just, you know, <laughs> use puck protection and, and had a great shot kind of the same way Yager, Yager does it. The, but, the old Yager uh, credit card, which is his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we actually, uh, Todd Yager, we, we were down in Washington. We were, we left, uh, the lounge, whatever the, I don't know what the family lounge, whatever it was that we were in. Joel came and got us. We're walking down the hall. They had just played against the devils. And it was the year of the, uh, it was the last game before the Olympics. They're all heading to get on flights to go to the Olympics mm. in uh, Sochi, I think. And okay. sure enough, we had about 150 feet to meet people. And uh, we run into Yager and I was like, Oh, Mr. Yager, can we get a, get a picture with you? Oh yeah, no problem. So Joel's taking the picture of me and my buddies, Chris McPhee, Jason Flick, John Brio. We're all getting in this picture. Ryan power, miles, Ryan power from Newfoundland. And, and by the way, from, uh, power conditioning, Ryan power from Newfoundland boys. He's from uh, Norman's Cove okay. and oh, yeah. very much like bash. Well, I, I, I kid with bash. He was 28. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a joke, but Ryan is the same way. In very similar. Fe- what a very, he was a rocket. Lightning speed. Lightning. Yeah. I, I mean, probably voted, I believe, one of the fastest, if not the fastest in the OHL, just couldn't put it in. 
couldn't put the puck yeah. in the fucking ocean off the wharf. <laughs> Shoot from the wharf. He couldn't do it. But what a bullet. Fastest player ever I saw oh, out of Newfoundland. Yeah. The first guitarist I ever played with in a band was named Ryan Power, and I don't think he had a very good shot either. Yeah. I'm, just picture, I'm just picturing him on Ryan skates had, right Ryan now. had a good shot. He had a, and he could skate. He just he didn't know where to put that shot. Uh, go ahead. Sorry to jump in. So, well, we're walking down this, this hall. We run into Yager. I guess we want to get pitcher. So, Joel's taking the pitcher. We all have 42 jerseys on. Joel wore jerseys, and Yager's looking at us all. Sailing 42 shirts, boys, or what? <laughs> anyway, he's going to kick out of it. And Elias jumped in there, too. But uh, Joel was much like, like obviously not at the same level. But in university league, Joel was like, I am a Yager. You couldn't get the puck from him. He just yeah, used puck protection well. so well. He's so strong on the puck. So strong on the boards. And got a, got a connection a guy. Humble, here. Humble a few, guy. Boys, a few years ago, I'm at Wayland's Gate in Cornerbrook. I'm sitting there having some beers, just watching the TV in the summertime. I don't know why I was out there. It was some reason. I used to play for the Cornerbrook Royals for four years, so there's a connection. Penny Lane's godparents are from out there. Mm-hmm. But, Darius, maybe you can fill me in, because I can't remember why, but Joel walks in the oh, bar. They were there for, uh, yeah, they were there for Chris McPhee, one of the guys I mentioned. They were there for his uh, his wedding. He married a Newfoundland girl. Oh, and yeah. uh, the boys, I was, should have been at the wedding, but uh, holy shit, I think they had like 13 weddings that summer. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, he He never once met, like he he wasn't in there a big wheel or anything. He almost didn't no, want people to know. Not him at all. Yeah, yeah. it was really no, he's he a really is humble, such a humble guy. Yeah, yeah man. very humble, very quiet, and he just. I say we were down to the wedding in in Napa this past summer. Um, he's his wife's the same. We met her a couple couple of years before. We met her in Washington too, I guess, but. Uh, just very down to earth people. It's uh, it's nice that he you know met someone like that. Not that, I'm not saying that some hockey wives aren't like that, but some are. Uh, but they're just so humble, so so nice. Both come from great families. Yeah. And I hear so, actually, so that call, guys. I, I'll tell you this. So that I just had to step outside, uh, Darius. That was biz nasty. So biz is come. Biz is <laughs> oh, coming here this week, like tomorrow. To do like an on the road thing with me and senior, and to do a little bit of chiclet stuff, and he's flying like he's coming in and he's coming out. So I had to plan this day and everything, and um, we talked about maybe in the in the last little while talking, we talked about maybe coming to PEI. So I explained to him that there's golf tournaments over there. I would go, guys, for years. The first tournament I did in, I'm getting somewhere with this. I I did in uh, PEI was the pro am skins game. Okay. Um, Darius, so in the summers, you know the Boys and Girls Club one, right? In Charlottetown? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to that on yeah. July 11th, by the way. But yeah, it, I think uh, the kids are at hockey school. I'm down in Charlottetown that week, so we'll have to get Yeah, of course. And, and isn't Aaron Ashram yeah. there? He's coming. He isn't. He, he's coming. Boys and Girls Club of Charlottetown is the one you're going to. He's doing the Boys and Girls Club of Summerside Golf Tournament, which is actually at Mike Morrison, No River. But this is like when Newfoundland booked Fogarty and Rod Stewart on the same day. <laughs> Why in the fuck don't you just have it on different weekends? It's not Hold the same up. day. The boys in the world. Well, I mean, what do you mean? So I'm going to one tournament and Aaron Ashton is going to who's the other. Who's Fogarty Could and we who's all just Stewart? Yeah, I got to know. Yeah, who's Fogarty and who's Stewart here? Yeah, really. Which one's which? I just think they... I, yeah, I think we'll get into that after this. 14th, but. I think, something like that. But, yeah, I'll definitely uh, hook up with him, too, because that's, that's right behind me. That's right five kilometers from my house. So. Yeah, so, and, and anyway, so for the listeners, like, so Darcy's been over here, and, and Darcy ended up spending a lot of time in Newfoundland. We played together and uh, in Fredericton. And I guess, I guess, 
you know, I am get, kind of getting ahead of myself, but the, the, the Charlottetown, you know the group here, that there's a hockey group in town, and everybody kind of knows each other. And, you know, if you ask me about Adam Howell, even though he's 21 years old, I know that he won a Memorial Cup last year, and he's a, I consider him a buddy, right? It's, it's a weird thing. In Toronto, it's not quite in the bigger centers, but I'm 42. I'm going out on, you know, boat tour tomorrow with Adam, Cody, Donahue, the younger guys. It's, it's like a group. It's like that in Charlottetown. And yeah. like we've talked about, Forbes Kennedy is probably the oldest kind of leader of that group. <laughs> and then there's yeah. right down to the younger guys, um, you know, uh, who would be um, uh, Bobby McMillan's well, son. Some young Logan. guys get drafted yesterday. Yeah, I got drafted Spence yesterday. I guess the- Logan must be 27 now. But, um, yeah, some guys got drafted yesterday. But when you go to Charlottetown, and PEI in general, it's just that normally I go to Charlottetown when I'm there. It's a group, right? And you, you go to Peaks Key, yeah. or you go to St. James Lane or wherever it might, might be. And you run into the boy, and everybody kind of knows each other's stats. It's a real family, <laughs> I find, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so Darcy, much went- the same as St. John's. But I was over there. I mean, I was yeah. over there the year of the lockout. I remember living with you guys. That's when and uh, uh, going to Mun and Jesus, our shinny hockey games. It'd be <laughs> Brian Clough and Harold Drukin and. Myself and Todd Gillingham and Jesus Christ, it was was sucking wind trying to keep up. It was like, geez. Yeah, everybody's at and roller hockey. Darius came over. Oh man, the roller hockey, the upper room rebels. And you know, we usually really go chronologically, but fuck it. I'll just go. So Darcy finishes. <laughs> we're all over the map. We're all over the map. <laughs> Darcy's year old draft pick yeah. fucked us again. He did. <laughs> he started in Kitchener. Hey, you know what? I'm going to change it again. I only got a couple of questions about Kitchener anyway. So we'll do, we'll talk <laughs> okay. the rest of it about Fredericton because we had a great time. We hung out a lot. But, um, yeah. And Montreal. Um, in, in Kitchener, so Darius, I'm looking. You know what? I didn't know till right now. But you went, were you a walk on in Kitchener? No, I was drafted uh, fifth round, I think. But like I said, it was an overage draft. So, so 96, was, 97 uh, is your first draft. year there, and you're an 18 year old, are you? Yeah. And, and the reason, yeah, the reason, the, I think the only reason I ever got drafted, another connection to Newfoundland, Morgan Warren, who was an island boy, but married a Newfoundland girl, Newfoundland girl, lives over there now. Uh, he played with me in Summerside. Who was that? Before. Uh, Morgan Warren. Oh, I know Morgan really well, of course. Morgan played here for the St. John's uh, Maple Leafs. Yeah, played for the Leafs, yeah. So he and I played for Turk Gallant, played for Gerard Gallant, Summerside. I was a... Jesus Christ. Wait, wait, wait. Back back up, back up. Gerard Gallant, the NHL coach for Vegas, coached you in Summerside. Yeah. He's been a good friend of me my whole life. He'd always have me on the ice training with him in the summer and stuff when he was still playing. Yeah, he, he he used to bring me up his... Stationary bike, electronic stationary bike that looks like you know looked like something in a NASA back in the day. But <laughs> he'd take that up to me every summer to train on and stuff. He was uh, he was very good to me. Wow! And if Summerside. it wasn't for if it wasn't for yeah, but if I didn't play with Morgan Warren, who was a Bantam age player, you know, scouts were coming. Turk was getting scouts to come watch. Like you got to come see this kid. He's Bantam age and he can play in the Maritime Junior League, which was pretty good and pretty tough back in the day and then I was a midget age player he was selling me too and that's I think that's how I ended up in Kitchener it was more through well playing like, with Morgan and and for Turk than than anything I did myself no that's that's incredible I didn't I didn't know that Turk fucking coached you Darcy that's amazing because look yeah. if you just yeah. look at your stat line like you go there at 18 yeah 55 games four goals eight assists 12 points 134 minutes now, I know you're yeah. tough. I know you're real tough. But you look at that. As an 18-year-old, they don't look like stats that blow you away. But I often said, no. 
you got to see Darcy. It's 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 like Boyd Olson often said as well, and for for slightly different reasons. But you got to see these guys play, and when you do, you'll understand that they're effective out there. They keep the puck out of the net. They keep the other guys uh, in check. You more with your fist, Boyd definitely with his <laughs> speed and his hitting. Um, yeah. But Darcy, so. You know, it's not even guaranteed, like 18, you, you have that, you're 19. You only played, you know, your 20s and you're you only get three years, overage. Yeah. So, Darcy's 19. I'm talking to you, I guess. Well, I'm talking third person. <laughs> you're 19. You go back in 61 games. Now, you get 21 goals. Pretty fucking good in the OHL. Yeah. You're 19. 19 assists, 40 yeah. points, solid. 200 penalty minutes. Yeah. And I know some yeah. of those fights were, and you're fighting and you're going back and forth. I suggest you watch a Brandon Sugden versus Darcy Harris. Oh, uh, for geez, those that there's do, three of them, I think. There's three of them, and <laughs> you know, they you go are, and Sugden. The <sighs> Sugden's one of those super heavyweights that came along at that era. That like he's just he, the thing that bothered me with Sugden, and and he's a great guy. He, yeah. he he's a good guy. I've talked to him since we played. But there's the PEI. There was there. no Rob Ray rule then, right? They didn't have the there was didn't yeah. have to tie down. And he came out of the stuff all the time. So I think he had just got, we fought when he was with Sudbury. He got traded to Barry. His first game with Barry is in Kitchener in a warm up. He's skating around looking at me. I was like, Jesus Christ, here we go. My hand is, my, my knuckle is broke. I didn't, no cast, no nothing. I didn't, but my knuckle was broke. So he's like, we're going to go, we're going to go early. He's saying this to me, warm up. I said, yeah. I said, you tie that goddamn shirt down and we'll go. I took my glove off. I said, my hand's broke, but I'll, we'll go anyway. So sure enough, we, Tell uh, my coach was Jeff Ward. He coaches an assistant coach in Calgary now. Yeah. Uh, he was a good guy. He's like, listen, Sugden wants to go. Can can we start? He's like, oh yeah, no, we'll put you out there. So Sugden was there, and he put me out. I said to Sugden, you got your shirt tied down. All in all, just wait. He was over, makes it look like his trainer's tying a shirt down. Shirt sure wasn't tied down. Comes out, we fight anyway. I, I got the better of him in that one. Holy, I was not happy with him. You tell me you're gonna do something, and you don't do it. Like that's. He he didn't need to not tie his shirt down. He's supposed to be one of the, you know, the toughest guys in our league. He, you know, tie your shirt down. Tie your shirt down. That's, that's not awesome. a little fib. That's a lie. If you're no, not, if a tough yeah, guy is not going to tie down his shirt and you get fucking punched with jackhammers in the head, that's a real fucking result that you didn't want. That's bullshit. Yeah, if he gets yeah. out, if he gets it, out of that, it came you know. out good for me in that one. But uh, there's another one in Barry where I had to hang on to him by the back of the head because he was bare skin. You know, it's tough to fight those guys; they got nothing on. But, well, yeah, no, yeah. he was he was tough. Yeah, Sugden was tough. Johnny Erskine was in that league too. Yeah, well, Johnny Erskine is the guy I was here. telling you guys about at Dallas camp. I fought six times. Oh, yeah, this yeah, Johnny yeah. fucking Erskine yeah. guy, and is he okay? He was in a car accident recently, Darcy. Did you see that? Yeah, you know what? I I don't know. I heard that that he I I'd actually asked Wardle if he had heard anything about it because he played with him in Washington, but I never found out how we committed that. But. Well, here's crossing Let's our fingers. Let's hope he's all right. Yeah, he was a tough fucking yeah. cat, man. Oh, he was. Oh a, man, there was there was tough guys in the old end. Like DJ Smith fought him, and uh, Sean yeah. Thornton was there. Trevor Gillies, Kip oh. Brennan. Gillies he's gave me one guy. of the hardest could... punches I've ever taken. I got three oh, that I remember. Too. Just and and I didn't. Realized that he had such a big left coming either. He was oh, his hands were like cement. They were. He hit me in the nose and Lowell one night. I think this is after you and I played together. No, yeah, no, because we bust back to Quebec City. It was when I was in Quebec. He punched me in the nose one night when we went at it, and my nose bled on the bus all the way back to Quebec. Yeah. It was like an eight-hour drive or something. Holy freak. He hit me hard. Um, he was a tough guy. Very, very, very. I mean, yeah. And, they, you know, they were being bred as tough. Now... 
I kind of like the idea that I don't think it should ever be gone, but who knows what I'll think in 10 years. But I, I didn't like how they, it was like they were farming tough guys who couldn't skate then. I'm not saying he's one of them, but there, there was a few that, you know, just like Moose, like Dave Moore said, I'm sure if you taught him yeah. to play hockey, you could probably play, but he was, he was yeah. a bull. Like he was in our room. Yeah. He was 7% body fat. If that jacked, ready to fight with a goalie jersey on with Vaseline on his face, (laughs) you know, just with, with, with the rip away pair. Like he was just ready to fight someone. That was his job. And Darcy and I had to come across those guys. Just looked like a bouncer. That's that's the era we were in, right? That's the era that we grew up in. If you look at the, I don't, I'm I'm sure the Western league is the same. I I mean, we used to be, we used to hear stories. We thought, we thought our league was tough. And we hear stories about the W and we're like, Oh shit. It was the same. Warm up together. Yeah, but, we weren't uh, allowed to warm up together because there was no brawls. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? Was, uh, there's guys on every team. Just like I remember in Windsor, I got this guy Jeff Kugel. I don't know if you guys remember. I that remember him not. skating he around the seven ice, seven feet and, tall yeah. or something, six foot eight. I was cute. Mike Rupp was with. He got suspended for life. Kugel, yeah. Suspended for yeah. life. Kugel got suspended for life. You look at that. I, I haven't seen this since. I, it was it made such an impression. I remember watching TSN, and this guy skated all over the ice grabbing guys. And apparently, yeah. he wasn't even normally that. I mean, he was there to fight, but he, he wasn't. That was kind of not what people are expecting, That's a true. lifetime suspension. But, but the thing is, Darcy, there was money in it. There was two or three on a team, oh, yeah. and it made sense. So, yeah. you know, all this these yeah. were, were guys that looked at the and said, you know what, okay, I can't take a backhand. I can't. Uh, pick the corner, but I am tough and I can skate and I'm all right at hockey. So I, and I don't fault the era and, and I certainly don't fault people nope. wanting to fight and once no. in a while. But I think now nope. even it's going maybe the other way because if, if you never ever do it, you kind of don't know what. So well, I, you're going to hurt yourself pretty Sometimes fast. I watch yeah. them fighting now yeah. like it's almost taken out of junior. So like when they square off in the NHL, I'm like everybody else. I'm going, I, I don't even want to watch these guys fight. Someone's going to get their arms skated over yeah. or someone uh, isn't going to defend. Yeah. Like when you saw that kid fight Ovechkin. Mm. Anybody that ever dropped their gloves <laughs> yeah. at all, the yeah. first thing would have known to get your head, like bury your head a little bit, and like fuck, man, you're gonna get kicked. Now that happened, yeah. but that was me and Darcy at 14. A year after that, yeah. we knew yeah, not to do that. Left. By the time we're 17, 18, we're very aware that that's the last thing we're gonna do. And now we've gotten better at some things. So like, yeah, it's a process. Try not to leave with your face. A lot of these guys, it's their first fight in the well, NHL. Kotkaniemi came over this yeah. year, and uh, two games into preseason, there was a fight, and he said after the at the press scrum, he said, "I have never seen a fight before in my life." Yeah, it's from oh, Finland. And, it's and not he, over there. It's, it doesn't happen over there. It's they're like, not. No. They're not gonna have to change the rules in the NHL. I don't think because uh, I, I was back in Kitchener. Oh, almost two years ago now, there in September and dropped the puck and stuff. And so I, the night before I had seen one of my old teammates, he's, he's a uh, coaches with them, Brandon Murley. And I said, so any fights now tomorrow night, it's Kitchener and Owen Sound, pretty, pretty good rivalry. He said, fights. No, there'll be no fights. They only fight three times in a season. Then they start getting suspended. Oh, so wow. the NHL is not going to have to change any rules. It's, it's being bred out of the game. It is. I think it it'll is. always be there. I think it'll always be there because yeah, it, I it, think it'll always be. Yeah, it makes people. There's something about hockey, especially if someone's in your. I always go back to uh, St. Louis versus Aginla or Crosby when Crosby fights. Yeah, you can be the best like, in the world. Like Cavalier versus Aginla, by the way. Like St. Louis yeah, would have been a one-sided. Oh, anyway. sorry. Yeah, Aginla. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know why I said St. Louis there. Yikes. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that would have been oh well, that would have been a beat down. But it, there's just something about it. If somebody is 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 is, it's a game where you're carrying a stick. Sure, they call slashing and stuff like that. But if someone's giving you little tiny baby hacks and all that stuff, and they're in your kitchen all night, I remember Crosby took uh, uh, Matt Niskanen. 
Matt, and, and this yep. is this is Sidney Crosby at his absolute like his peak. He looks at Matt Niskanen, who's two years in the league, and said, "All right, the second this puck drops, you're getting it." He's having a frustrating night. So I I think it'll always be there. I'm not one to have. Uh, I think four or five six years ago, you had that brawl where Calgary set out three guys that were late in their careers. Yeah, I think Big, those days may be gone. I think yeah. they might be gone, but I think as long as yeah. you are going to need someone around, like Terry said, to teach kids how to do this if they're going to do it. Like, well, Oh, that's sorry. Th- that's the big thing. I, who was it that Ovechkin knocked? Was it Aho? Was it Sebastian? No, it wasn't. No, no, it was, no, it was, it was a it kid was, or uh, Russian kid. Sevechnikov. Thank you. Yes, yeah. yes. And I mean, there has to be someone on that. I remember George Larocque. They'd give him kind of an hour late in his career. They'd give him an hour in training camp to show all these call ups and uh, all these young guys and bubble players and draft picks. Hey, this is what you do if you're ever in a fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and like like I said with Darcy and I. It took care of itself because it's trial and error. But by, by your tenth fight, you just learn. You know, it's like a mouse grabbing. You put two little pieces of cheese down, and one shocks them every time. You know, <laughs> eventually, I'm not going to grab you in the wrong place anymore. Eventually, I'm not going to let Rob Ray's arm free. It's going to be yeah. suicide. Uh, but then you you get you you know you start learning ways. Okay, how can I get in there now? How can I beat a big guy? And where Darcy and I were normally fighting guys that were bigger. Um, uh, you know, you you learn that. And the other thing, yeah. to get back to it, I think fighting will always be there mm-hmm. because, like, it happens in the O2. As a rule, it doesn't, but, like, in senior, what I noticed, as soon as there was no fighting, in senior hockey, when I say this, and it's all relative because we're playing with a bunch of pro guys and junior guys, and it's very much connected with the pulse of the hockey world. Um, Newfoundland senior hockey is anyway. But say when they took fighting out or made it a three-fight suspension... And all right off the bat, I got guys poking me in the, you know, oh, let's go, let's go oh, for now <laughs> yeah. because it's in a bit. Yeah. They know that, A, I'm probably not going to fight them. If I do, that they can go out in a ball and it's one of my fights gone. And now I'm, and by the third one, I'm suspended. So you get these guys yeah. out there that would never, ever drop their gloves. Mm-hmm. They won't even, chirping. but you put your head down, not only chirping, they're elbowing you in the face. They're dangerous. It's dangerous. All of oh, a sudden, yeah. like I said, I fought Darren Langdon. It wasn't fun. He's one of the best fighters of all time, but I know he's in front of me. I know he's going to punch me. I can get prepared for it. I would rather fight Darren Langdon than have some fucking schmo, a small guy, Johnny Goudreau, light me up at center ice. I really would, but if I can't see him. So to me, if it's a safety thing, I've often said this, but if it's a safety thing, I'd rather get punched than have my head down going through the middle with Dion Phaneuf or some fucking guy going to hit me. And second of all, yeah, and second of all, there's always going to be, it might go for a little bit, but someone will go over this year and take a liberty. As it goes and goes and goes, as it's not quite there, someone's going to go over and break McDavid's arm, and then someone's going to have to go fight that mm-hmm. guy, right? And so yeah. if that's Ovechkin, in any other era, Ovechkin, can you imagine in our era if a tough, if a scorer like Ovechkin did that? It would be, it would be carte blanche to go fight him. You know, half the, half the reason that the guys were around, like if I was in junior, a guy like Kevin Pop who gave me my concussion, um, I fight him almost every game. It was in his advantage. If he's going to fight me, I'm getting off the ice. I'm the one with 50 fucking yeah, exactly. goals. 50 goal scorer, yeah. Right? So eventually yeah. that shit just gets old. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you take one spear too many in the back of the legs and you're like, I'm going to fucking go. And you might say it's almost gone, but I'm willing to bet you there was still, what, 80 to 100 fights this year in the NHL. I'd say higher than that. Probably more. Yeah, I'd say higher so than we, that. So we consider it gone. Yeah. Whereas, I, I, like, if you watch basketball, there was even though basketball, it happens, there's five. 
maybe less than that. Maybe real fights. It was maybe five punches thrown that didn't connect. But like hockey, we yeah. say, well, yeah, anybody that's been around it for a while will say, well, you know, fighting's almost gone. It's pretty much gone. It is gone. It's still not really, man. Someone fucks around and they get it. I think right? it's just evolved that's, that's a little where, bit. That's where it's placed. That's where it, that's, that's where its place is. I, I believe. I don't like when they they set things up before. Like, remember some of those nights going to sleep and I before it. Oh Jesus Christ! You know the next day, you know who you're who you're playing. You're like, all right, well, Moose is going to take on Rock and uh, Blue Air. Then he should probably take Bombi. So that leaves like, you know. Ryu or these other guys think of the old Hamilton days there. Um, well, of course, we're playing, playing Philadelphia or the Leafs. Like, Jesus Christ, Harry, we, we'd be you and I, Aaron Asham, like we're middleweight guys. We're guys who should fight at a scrums, fight because somebody takes a liberty and you, you yeah. jump in there. Shouldn't have to be stepping back and squaring off. I was like 19 years old, weighed 185 pounds. Fighting Troy Crowder, how about that? So guys, Troy Crowder, Troy Crowder fought like, Probert. No, no need of that. Tell, tell us about that. Tell us about how that started. I watched that with my own eyes, and at that time, even now, Troy Crowder pulls a punch when you say his name. He's real tough. He used to fight Probert regularly, but at that time, he came down by his back down into the NHL, or sorry, the AHL from the NHL. He'd been there yeah. forever. He just happened to be playing for Hershey. Darcy and I skate around and warm up. We didn't even know this. Usually, you read the game notes. I distinctly remember going, he's not even on there. Like, what happened? This is Troy Crowder. <laughs> oh, my God. Even Moose, everybody was going, holy like, fuck. And Darcy fights yeah. him. Tell, like take us through that. pro wrestling. He's not even on there. Yeah. How did it happen? I was, I, we did, I just hit him along the wall. Like, I had to hit him or I wasn't going to get back on the ice, right? The puck's yeah. there. I got to finish check because Terry's yeah. not going to put me on him at all. So I finished my check and then a little whack in the legs. So I turned around, another whack or give him a whack back and then he just all right we're going luckily for me uh luckily i got my arm out of my sleeve like i said i was probably like 190 pounds maybe uh sleeves were still kind of big so i i got my arm out of my sleeve and i did, did pretty good against them but had my arm not been out of my sleeve i could have been in some serious trouble there's a few guys <laughs> there's a few things that a van and bush one night in Fredericton too Thank God the linesman jumped in before it got too serious. We each threw a couple punches, and the linesman went in between us because he could have. You know what's funny, Darcy? Serious when I said I got hit with three of the hardest punches ever, we've already got Gillies off the list. Ryan Vandenbush is number two, or in no particular oh, really? order. In Chicago, <laughs> I woke up, no idea where I was. Skated over the penalty box. He talked me through it. He's a good guy. He talked me all through it. Um, but and, and that's to get back to it. The next day, I was fine. Right? It's different than getting hit. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't have a yeah. concussion. I, I Knocked out is different. It's the hardest, but the concussions happen from hits or, like, you know, whiplash or something like that. But anyway. Um, yeah, I've gotten one concussion from a fight, and it was when I when Jason Bowen broke my eye socket and cheekbone. We're going to get to that. I, I wasn't that there. One, and that, that, didn't that end your career? <laughs> uh, I, I did come you back the next to. year yeah. and tried to play, and uh, – I had to wear a visor and it, stuff. So it ended it in it the wasn't. sense of you choosing to go and play and go to school. I don't think it, like, yeah. you know, yeah. if, if you were a third line center on the Montreal Canadiens, you would have come back and continued to do that. Um, yeah. Mike but, wasn't going to give me those opportunities. He, if I wasn't fighting, I would no. Even when I was fighting, I wasn't you, fighting. I'd tell stories about Michelle Turner. You think he was bad with me? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, let's, can we hear one? Oh my god! Oh, we've, got a, we've got a lot from Terry, but I'd I'd like to hear one from. I don't want to bury Darcy. I'll, I'll give you. I'll get. No, no, I don't want. 
what you going to do to me now? I'm a school teacher. He's not going to bury me. He's a minor. <laughs> isn't, isn't, he, uh, wasn't he named the head coach of the Sens recently? Uh, no. uh, unless he's no. the head coach no. of, okay. of the O'Leary Primary School I Patriots. Was, I thought he was uh, I thought he oh, got a job wouldn't have been O'Leary. Oh. <laughs> he, uh, he's, I guess the best story I got, well, not the best, the, the worst of Mike for me anyway, was uh, early, in, early in my first year. We went on, I don't know, Terry, if you remember or not, the last year the team was in Fredericton. We went on like an 18-day road trip at the start of the year. We get to Springfield. I think there was two line brawls. I was just sitting on the bench. I wasn't even on the ice. So at the end of the game, he had to play me. Me and Gordy Dwyer. Gordy was still with the team at the time. Yeah. So we're, we we had to play. And there was I think there was literally seven or eight players left on the bench. So the next next stop, I think, was Hamilton. And I had mentioned someone again. They had a tough team. They had a really tough team. But we had some suspensions. I think Moose was suspended. Maybe maybe Sylvain Bluant, too. I don't know. We didn't really seem to have any heavyweights left. It was mostly like... Elaine Nazar didn't carry myself. Ash was, he, I don't even know if he was down. He might have still been in Montreal. But anyway, Terry comes in before the game and says, hey, nobody worry about the fights and just to play the hockey and play with aggressivity, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know. <laughs> aggressivity um, was a big word. Yeah, aggressivity. I remember that. Oh, yeah. He, he had it written on the board. He had written out on the board. Oh, did he have it, uh, anyway, have it spelled so we, like, like aggressivity. that? Aggressivity. Oh, spelled out. Aggressivity. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know who his translator was, but they should have been fired too. <laughs> anyway, so we play, and I played well, played hard. I would have fought if anybody wanted to fight. I would have fought in heartbeat just because he, he, he didn't, Mike would have loved it anyway. But So then we get to Philadelphia, and I get called in for one of the, it must have, Terry, you must have been the same guy. I heard you tell him a story before about him sitting behind a counter with like a haze of smoke around him, <laughs> sitting behind the desk. In the, in that's his, that's in where he room. is now, by the way. He's an assistant it had to be for the, the same day. <laughs> It was probably the same day. He calls me in too. I called in, how do you think you play last night? I said, well, I played pretty good, you know, and a few shots on goal, I was sitting. This is when I still had some confidence. Like, I met a junior, you know, I could score, and junior, and I could fight, and everything. I still had some confidence. He hadn't broken hadn't totally you yet. torn me down yet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you play all right, and then he just loses it. You have to fight every fucking night. And I was like, oh. Wow. All right. And I was kind of smirking. He goes, you think this is funny? And I was like, no, I just, you said before the game, nobody fight, so I didn't ask anybody, but I would have fought. He's like, do I have to send you a fax? And I was like, oh, fuck, fax? I don't know if you're going to send me a fax. Just give me the tap on the shoulder. How about that? So the next game, we're playing. We're in Philadelphia, so we're playing. And that, I think, Terry, that was a night that you fought by a loss. Yeah, that's... And uh, he puts me out. Johnny DeLille, they, their line was on for me, and God rest Johnny soul. They might have been on the ice for 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Face off in front of the bench. He gives me the top. Is this the Belanger? Calls Johnny off. Yeah. Oh, takes Johnny fuck. Off. I remember so I this. Beside, I haven't seen oh, this. That's I line up beside Belanger, oh. and I was like, oh, I guess he, this is him telling me I have – this is the facts that I'm receiving. So <laughs> I line up beside Belanger, and I give him a whack right in the oh. top of the skates. And uh, I remember that, Darcy. Off, he just turned and drilled and punched me right in the beak. So we fought right in front of the bench. It's a pretty good fight. But anyway, that was – Terry and doing his due on me. The same goddamn road trip, though. We were down and I don't know. It may not have been. By the way, the by the way, before trip, you go further, I have that on tape somewhere. I don't think it's on YouTube yet. And that's my, I got to put it yeah, out there. Yeah, I think it is. Because it's on there. I remember, think. remember it was on our, our fight tape? Darcy, the reason I remember yeah. is because I remember like closing my eyes and going, oh, God. <laughs> like, because I was sitting there hurting. I, I think I'd already fought by Lois <laughs> at this point. And we were just waiting. And like, Belanger is one of those guys too, just wanted to fight. Big guy. And yeah. fucking 
Darcy goes on and just uh, you like you just took your stick and you whacked him right over the laces as if yeah. like we're going right now and he did the same to you and everybody in the building knew what was happening and I I could feel the the the, the anxiety in the butterflies in your stomach <laughs> I was just going oh my well, god that's that's the thing right like that's you're sitting on the bench and you know that's what you're being put out there for trying to. Yeah. I think those days are mostly gone from hockey. But. That's a good thing. You know what's funny about that same trip? The thing is, I told a story about fighting Frank Bialois, but yeah. I was given... This is funny that you bring up that time, Darcy, but, and we didn't plan it. I haven't talked to Darcy, you know, other than text in, in year. Fucking, I was given the captain. The boys voted me captain before that game, <laughs> yeah. and he didn't think I fought Bialois fast enough. I swear to God, they did. we came Asked out there. We said somebody because Bylaws came out, guys, for that warm up, and he never had uh, tape on the end of his around. stick. Yeah, he, he was just he was yeah. doing push ups and shit, and he was looking over. No yeah. one does push ups and warm up. Only him and Aaron Downey to ever see do it. Maybe the other. Oh, I forgot yeah. about Downey in Providence. Yeah. Right in, in Providence, he used to stand on the blue line, go down, yeah. and do push ups, looking into the push end. Up. Like in other words, everybody thought it was nuts at the time, and it still is nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was it's nuts pretty, for any era. Yeah, no one I've ever seen other than a tough guy here or there would do push ups and warm up. But anyway, he was doing them, and he never had tape on either end of his stick, and then he just stood up and looked into our end. So <laughs> Sylvain Bluen was playing. Sylvain Bluen, to me, he was, was a heavyweight okay. that wasn't yeah, going to play but, much. So in my mind, spot. he did pick his spots, man. He picked his spots. He was fairly tough, but he picked his spots. So anyway, whatever happened in the fucking dressing room, I had just come down. I was up. Um, I don't. I didn't play, I don't think, but I was up for probably five games. Because uh, I remember there being a bit of a break, and I came back down, and it was like maybe my second or third game back down. And Tyrion, he said that the boys voted me. It might not have even been true, and he gave me the C. <laughs> and then the game happened, and he goes, someone fight, someone fight. And then he came right into my ear because Bialois was just skating around, like making it known. And I said, I don't know. Sly Bluan plays on our team, doesn't he? I remember saying that. <laughs> and then Sly got upset. And I believe Mark Bocage got upset. And then I was like, am I a problem? Oh, like, what happened? Like, what, am, what, what fucking world am I in? I have a first-round fucking pick. I got pissed off. Yeah. That's why I jumped over there. I, I tell the story like I was sheepish. I was, I was sheepish to fight fucking by Lois. But by that point, I was pissed off. And I wanted to, yeah. I just figured, fuck it, go do it. I did it. I fucking scored a goal later in the game, too. What happens? Yeah. The C's taken away. He told me, I just can't trust you yet. I just can't trust you yet. <laughs> trust me with what? Fighting Frank Bialois? <laughs> what do you mean? You're acting like I just took some secret and went up and blabbed it to the fucking radio guy. What do you mean you can't trust me? <laughs> fuck you, you know? Uh, but anyway. Um, no, he was a beauty. But there's a beauty. <laughs> Fuck, sake. Uh, were, were you on the team? You were on the team when we were. I don't think it was Quebec. I think it was Fredericton. I get the years confused now. We're getting older, but uh, I think it was. Uh, it was Fredericton because it was playoffs. Remember the, the incident with Lonnie Bahamas at the bar with our coach with Terry and them. Yeah, they get into it. They got in that fight. That yeah. Kerfuffle. Bahamas hauled them out of a cab or something down on George Street. I'll oh, tell you what, next day, what. What happened? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. You tell him. It was, wasn't it over Mark Dale, right? Was it Mark, Mark, was it Mark Dale? Dale well, you know what, Jesse? Before you get to that point, I'm going to tell the story. So, Because I know exactly okay. what happened. Because he came in my room. He thought I had something to do with it, which I didn't. <laughs> Guys, we were in the playoffs, okay? I'm going to sum this up hopefully within five minutes. We were in the playoffs. <laughs> in the first two games, we're in Fredericton. It was a three out of five. It was the first round. But it was everybody who was watching. Not only are the Leafs versus the Habs, every Canadian team was out of the playoffs. So, yeah. and we, and like I said, 
we wore those jerseys. It wasn't the St. John's Fog Devils. It was the Maple Leafs, and we were and they wore a Maple Leafs jersey, and we wore the Habs jerseys. It was, you know, it, it was yeah. very. It was the two NHL teams closest we got for a Habs Leafs. Yeah, it was. It was so, all yeah. that was left. And a lot of guys were down that played like for the year, so they, it was yep. something to watch. So anyway, they come to Freddie and they win the first two games, but in the second game, oh sorry, in the first game, Mark Dale loses his eye, and I'll tell you how he did it. I'll tell you how he did Halo, it. Wasn't it. My center, yeah, but my centerman was Scott King. So Scott yeah. King's taking the center, and it's me, him, and Aaron Asham. Scott King's taking the draw. Goes to do it, boom, gets kicked out. Ash goes in to take it, boom, gets kicked out. I go in to take it. I get kicked out. I've never seen this happen. Wow. So the fourth person had to come in and take the draw, and that was Milo Slavgurin, a defenseman. I've never seen it happen in my life. Cherry would lose his mind. Yeah, but I've never seen it happen. Oh, yeah. So Milo went in, and in order to win the draw, Milo tried to lift up his stick. Mm-hmm. Might have been like right after the draw, but yeah. it was like it, it was during the faceoff. Yeah. He went to lift up his stick, and his stick missed his stick, and it went right up and hit right into his eye socket. Oh, And the eye, fuck. and I was right there. Fuck it. You you know what? Tune out for the next 20 seconds if you don't want to hear. But it, it opened up his eye, and all this yellow pus came oh, out. And, but yeah, his eye right there. He lost it right in front of us. So oh, no. this happens. I knew Mark from the Western League because I played on the All-Star team in the Western League with him the year before, and, you know, it's a small world out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the next day, the next day is the day I go to see Mark with Milo Slavgurin in hospital. I figured it, it's beyond the game. Yeah. This guy lost his eye. Yeah. yeah. So I go to see him. This is also, by the way, after our practice earlier that day, that's the day that Bird Dog skated on our ice, okay, <laughs> yeah. and took slap oh, shots at our coach. Yeah. That was that day. Yeah. But I didn't care about Bird Dog. At the time, he didn't care. I was scared of him. But after that practice, <laughs> I was off early, actually. That's why I was off early. I was going to see Mark. Milo was really, my roommate Milo Slavgurin was very, very, I very affected. Guy. Nicest guy, didn't say boo, and he was very affected. He was he was crying. Um, he had all kinds of emotions going on. So I said, Milo, I'll take you over to see Mark. So we went in. Mark shook our hands right away. Um, and, and there was a few of the Leafs there, but they knew. I didn't have to say anything. They didn't even speak to me. I took Milo in. They gave us the – they put the, the curtain over. Milo said his sorry, whatever. It was great that Mark shook his hand and forgave him the next day. That's Again, big. we left. We get to the room that night. This happens, guys. So we're getting our shit on that night. Remember, this is getting ready for game two. Mm-hmm. We lost, we uh, won game one. Sorry, we lost game one. So I, we're getting our shit on, and Mike Michelle Tyrion walks in the room, and he's like, "Guys, we have a traitor on our team." I still don't know what's coming to me. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, what came into my mind was that. One of the boys must have either sold him out to somebody, and he's hearing about it now. It's got Michael Chelterian had a lot in common with Donald Trump, and that I'm not getting political. I'm just meaning that they're a little childish at times, and if you say anything about them, their pride oh, yeah. is affected, right? So, you know, bully type type of guys. That so, um, Michelle, he he keeps going and going, and then he says one of our guy is friends with their guy, guys. He means hmm. one of friends with their guy, and I'm going, <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? And then he brings it up, and he says, Terry Ryan and Milo Slavgurin, where were you guys today? I'm like, what? I'm putting my skates on. So I say, what do you mean, where was I today? So I tell the boy, I said, are you getting fucking Mike to the fact that I was visiting a guy on the other team? That's exactly what I'm getting at. I said, no joke. He comes in. I, I said, that's fucking bullshit. He lost his eye. He's my friend. 
So Mike stands, sorry, I stand up. I said, now, if you wanted me to take off my gear, I will, Michelle. You're not going to believe what he says. He says, I don't know why you're putting it on. You're not on the lineup. Wow. No. I'm going, what? I'm one of our leading scorers. I, I go over. I wasn't on the lineup. I just took for granted that I was playing that night. So I'm like, holy fuck. Now, Martin Gendron, I believe, I believe he was our captain then, uh, there at the yeah. end of that year. Yeah. And a few more. And Jose Theodore, a few more, it said they went in his room kind of, like, and they said, well, well, I'm not playing if Terry doesn't play. Like, Mike, the guy's gotten in fucking, you know, 50 fights for the last couple of years. One of our better players. That's, pro- a, that's a moronic move if you're in the playoffs to take out a guy. Oh, man. Like, I just don't understand that. But that's, I, that's a, a Mike Terry move. Just your your job as a coach is to ice a team that's going to win. And this the is what playoffs. happened. This is what happened. Okay. There so was junior that. guys affiliated with us. Mike Ribeiro and Eric Schwinard yep. and Jason Eric Ward. Schwinard. Right? Yep. So they were so he I told you, Michelle didn't love me. If I didn't fight, like he didn't love my personality. You know, he didn't like that I was out I got more attention than he did. And sometimes I am a fucking obnoxious asshole. I get it. <laughs> but like I'm just saying that anybody other than me. Anybody other than Asham or like a lot of us, I don't want to say English, but you, you yeah, know, it was English and Eric Hood was always in the beds too. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was, it, it was almost the all the English guys. guys. The rest of, it yeah, was almost yeah. all the English guys, but then it was some of the French guys too. It would stand up to him. Eric Hood was definitely one of them. So it wasn't only a language yeah. thing. And then any English guy, I'm English from Newfoundland and he's a separatist and I'm fucking, you know, I'm the guy to dance and sing and I'm not, so I, I was just, I ticked off all categories <laughs> against Mike. But, um, so, and, but anyways, and again, though, it still shouldn't matter. I'm a prospect. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens should be making this, but he, again, he loved power making that decision, but he loved yeah. power. So he says this. So then I'm going, okay, fuck it then. And, and I'm actually wrong. The first two games were in St. John's, and we won both of them. The next two were in Freddie, and we lost both. That's why we came back for a fifth game. So we we yeah. win we win that game, and we we end up and I ended up playing. They put me in the lineup, and we did all right. Me and Ashton Kinger were a good line, and we came back here the next game. So now it's game five and a three out of five. We're all over here getting ready. The night before the game, um, I don't. Mike goes out. I I think he went out. When I say Mike, I mean Michelle. Mike Terrian. Just for listeners, because I get sidetracked. But Mike thinks, I believe, that we drank every night. Like, we partied. But I don't, I really, (laughs) as a rule, Darcy, I don't ever, like, as a player, just my own personal thing, I don't get shit-faced the night before a game. And I I don't believe we did then. We had all kinds of parties. No, we didn't. No, but we didn't. We didn't didn't go out the night before games. No, no, never night before a game. No, but I totally think... You know, because, I mean, we, we are, we party, but we're hockey players in the end, and we wanted to make the show. But I think Mike thought it was always a big party, so he thought we were going to be out. So he went out. Story is, he told us the next day. Anyway, he goes to Turkey Joe's. He says to watch the game, and there's no TV in Turkey Joe's at the time. <laughs> Turkey Joe's is a lot like it is now. It's just a dance bar, right? Like, you know, it's a club for kids. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. It's, it's, if you're old enough to be in Turkey Joe's, you're yeah. too old for the crowd of Turkey Joe's. Yeah, right? basically. Like, <laughs> so the Leafs, and Stephen Hancock, who now, well, he owns, still owns turkeys, but he owns uh, green sleeves. But at the time, it was his father's, Dick Hancock. So Steph, that was like his little project. So, I mean, and we were all buddies with him. Steph's a couple years older than me. All the Leafs, from their inception, used to go to Turkey. So... That's, I guess, what Mike just went there thinking that we were going to be there. Now, the Leafs were a bunch of nuts. They really were. Like, and in a good way, I love the boys. Yeah, they but were. they drank the night before games. They went out doing shooters. They were fucking party animals. Not all of them, but definitely the majority. 
So at the bar that night, I don't want to, I know, you know, people can, Thornton, <laughs> for example, Sean Thornton is a big time, dedicated guy. He improved. He got there, but Thornton loved the bar, right? So Thornton's out, <laughs> Pepperall, Bahanas, DJ Smith. I'm not even sure all of them are drinking guys, so I don't want to put shit in there. DJ just got the coach of the Sens, and he's certainly not a piss tank. But I just mean, no. they were together. They might have had a team meal and end up going to turkeys. Anyway, some of them were drinking. So what ends up happening, Lonnie Bohanos mm-hmm. grew up in Winnipeg with Mark Dayel. Yeah. So Terry knew that. I mean, I didn't even know that at the time. And I knew Mark, and I knew Lonnie, but played against him. Lonnie was in Portland and Seattle in the West. But I didn't know that. And Mike did his homework, though. And Mike goes down. Now, I've heard this from Bruno, who was the bartender at Turkey's, from Stefan Hancock, who was there at the time. Mike didn't realize I knew everybody in Turkey Joe's, so I'm going to get the real fucking story, right? <laughs> so Mike man, went down. Man on the inside. Yeah, I got the real, and I, I'm positive about this. It's a bad thing. Bad thing to say, but this happened, and you can ask any of these guys that I just mentioned. They will tell you the same. Mike says, too bad about Mark, eh? Too bad he lost. He's sitting there, orders a beer, and he's talking to Lonnie. This is really odd, and the boys hated him anyway. Told you when Bird Dog yeah. came out the, the morning before this, taking slap shots, like they were all calling Mike. Like Thority used to ball at him from stands in practice. I've never seen anybody. Thority used to heckle him. <laughs> you fucking frog, everything. You know, Just give it to him. And again, it was in retaliation mostly because Mike was the only coach I know that used to fucking chirp guys. With, call chirp, them, players. Chirp, chirp players. Chirp yeah. like players way below the line. Like, you know, yeah. just way over the line. But anyway, um, he goes down, he says it, and then he goes, you know, come to think of it, he takes another sip of his beer, he looks at Lonnie, he goes, the motherfucker deserves both eyes gone. So Lonnie, who doesn't doesn't fight, he's not, I know Lonnie a little bit now, he's, you know, not a fighter fighter. He's pissed off, he grabs him, pushes him towards the entrance, now the other, it starts to heat up, he socks him in the eye. That's what Mike apparently this wanted. I, I don't know. Maybe. Wanted? Well, it is because this is it. Mike folds like a tent and leaves right away. He goes right back yep. to the hotel. And the next morning, we're all woken up with an emergency. Right? He goes, we're going to have at pregame skate. I'm going to tell you this story. And he was nearly crying in the room. He was. He said, yeah. And he said, I'm scared for my family, for my life. Did he not say that, Darcy? He did. I he fear did. for my life. I fear for yeah. my family. I'm thinking, Lonnie fucking Bahamas. He's three. He's I'm not going, Hell's Angels. Yeah, he's we three have to <laughs> 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 I'm going, what? I'm going, okay, Thorny must have got him and kicked the shit out of him. And I'm going, what? so what? And there wasn't really any marks on his face. So I was like, how bad can this be? And then I thought, I, mean, I looked at Darcy and Boyd and a bunch of us, Matt Higgins. I go, he's not using this as a motivation, is he? Like, this is not how twisted. Yeah. We're not yeah, in this world right now. And, I, and, and then we realized we are in this world. And I'm going, and guys, I'm not kidding you. Someone else, I believe Aaron Asham, Darcy, Darcy heard the stories. It wasn't you, but he called me in that morning. I swear to you. And he says to me, did you have anything to do with this? I'm, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going, are you, like, what do you think of me? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And he really had in his mind, like, he was, again, Trump-like, paranoid. Other people are always talking about me. He went out literally thinking that we were going to be in the bar boozing with them. I'm like, how much credit do you give us as hockey players? I like the boys, but I want to beat them too, Mike. I want to call their cup ring. I want to make the NHL. If I score here, I'm going to do it. Like, I think he was, that could be part of it too. From the beginning, he was twisted on what he thought our priorities were. But he really said that. And he called someone else in and asked them. I I believe it was Aaron. You know, and then Lonnie told me that you said that I was an asshole. He, He said those words to me. Lonnie told me that you said something. I was an asshole, or I was, or you told me do you? And just to be clear, and just and just to be clear, that this person that was coaching the professional hockey team, grown man, 
Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. I just I wanted, to, clar- I just wanted yeah. to clarify. I just, that, but, I just needed see, that one. Now you're seeing, I just needed that one laid out for me. Okay. Now you're. I know. Now you're seeing what I mean. When I was always like, there was always something with Terry, and like this shit was always yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. It was like every day. Yeah. Now you turn on. It's like breaking news because Trump said like. You know that chimpanzees should go in outer space or something. It's just like, what? What are you talking about? Like, the same again. I, I'm not getting on political on one side or the other. I just think you know these people have a lot in common. And Michelle <laughs> Terry would be like that. There was always some kind of distraction, and it was ironic. Always an angle, an oxymoronic. He was always because, playing some angle to yeah, somebody. And I think if he left all that shit out, we would have just done better. But he, there was a reason for it. I, like I don't think a I lot just, of it was in his nature. A lot of it was, but sometimes he was just really. It wasn't natural. It was a logical decision. Uh, maybe if I say this, maybe I'll get some pity from the boys that might give it. And who knows? We won game five. Uh, but I'll never forget it, guys. The first goal of the game, can you remember this, Darcy? The puck drops. Lonnie comes down, first or second shift, hits the blue line and puts one up in the top corner on theater. And the place went bonkers, boys. The place went bonkers. Now we ended up winning your, three your, to two. Your bench is cheering. Oh fuck! Yeah, this, this no, happens though. This is why this was a big story, guys. This is why this was a big story. Mike, anyway, threatened to. He did sue. He threatened to press charges, and he did press charges. So this happens. Lonnie finishes the game. We scored. Me and Ashton King ended up playing, and we had two of the three goals. We beat them three to two. I can't remember if I scored or not. I just remember Aaron Ashton having a great game because I'm looking at him all game. Uh, I do, and and he and we won three to two. Now, now it's handshake time. So I don't know why we didn't. Oh boy! So I go over right away. Like it's not. I'm not thinking. I'm not going to shake hands. Tyrion snapping. Think of a grown man now, coach in 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 sports in pro sports, doing the unsportsmanlike thing. He's yelling at us. Get off the fucking ice! You're not shaking hands. And I'm going, Mike. This is my it's my hometown, and I'm going to shake hands. So it was all of the English guys and a few French guys. Again, it, it wasn't always English French, but I, I guess English guys didn't know how to take this guy. So we took. The, I didn't. I didn't not like my French teammates. It just ended up being clicks because Michelle would would make it like Force that. Force it that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I can't see why. Yeah. Really. Right. <laughs> but I remember like my. You know, it, it was six or seven of the English guys, and then maybe a couple more. Uh, Theo, I remember like a few French guys. So, so Jesus but, Christ, they actually left the ice. They didn't. Do they the left. Not none yeah. of that. They left and the ice. Guys, they left the ice. And I was going behind him. Like, Mike had people by the collar go off. And I called everybody. I said, no, no. You fucking won. I'm ser- We were, like, yeah. half the team was already <laughs> off. And I said, no, yeah. I'm not doing yeah. this. This is my hometown. And I said, I'm not doing it. And I went back. That was the weekend he spit in Francis LaRivie's face. So, the, 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 the goalie on the actually, no, it wasn't the weekend. But earlier in the year, he spit in Fran, Fran, Frank LaRivie's face. Ah. This happened. So, anyway, I went back on. And we all, so we all. Not we all. About six, seven of us shake hands. Mike's fucking furious. I know when I get in there, I'm, and I did. I got benched after that. I got sat out for the next series, or for most of it. I'm not kidding. Um, and was doing well. Look at my numbers. I wasn't having a bad year. Uh, I, I was having a great year, to be honest. Um, yeah, you had a, you had a yeah. great fucking... Uh... In a shortened season, I had almost 20 again. I had 50-something games. 40-odd points, 16 goals, 176 minutes or something. And, I mean, a great playoff. In 11 games, you had uh, four points, 10 pims. Yeah, eleven. It yeah. stopped. It stopped there. So, um, you remember? I, I didn't sit you up the, the whole, last game. I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Sorry, I'm going to slow down. So that <laughs> I know because I get so far ahead of myself. But guys, after that game, so we go out as soon as Lonnie gets off the ice because you know the Zamboni doors open. That's where they went off down there. Yeah. So Zamboni doors open and they go off and there's cops there and he's still got his skates on and they cuff him. 
I'll never forget the sight of this. And there's like fucking kids and shit they, watching the game there? Yep. They cuff them on the way off. Fuck. It's like a circus trying to get out of the rink and everything. And Lonnie's down there. And I don't know why. You'd figure you'd let the guy take his gear off. I don't know what happened, but they put him in cuffs and put him in the car. I, don't, I, I, I would be lying if they drove him away. Maybe he went back in the room. Maybe they questioned him. But I saw him, and this was going on right after the handshake. So then we get in the room, and Mike's flipping out, and he's calling me a bastard and everything for shaking hands, and I'm disloyal to him. And I'm free, and my parents are out there. We just won the series. They think that we're doing all right. They want to see Asham because Ash is my buddy, and Darcy and Boyd, like, we just go in there. So, like, half, and I got all kinds of family there. It's chaos. And then I got, like, Robin Short and Brendan McCarthy and all the sports guys, you know, they want to get yeah. an interview with me, and I, I used to set them up with, you know, what do you, who you guys need to talk to. So it's all coming to a head, and Mike's calling me a bastard in front of people, like yelling it at me in the old <laughs> stadium on the way to the dressing room. It was a really, really bad scene. And after, so this happened. Mike ended up dropping the charges. Now, we've heard, I don't know why, but what we've heard is that we had other friends kind of see him out that night and vouch and say, you know, Danny Williams was Lonnie's lawyer. Right. Okay. Wow. So I, okay. I believe Danny's yeah. Danny's defense was like, "Oh yeah, well you didn't go in there to watch the hockey game. And, no TV, right? We yeah. know, but and you were out at other places that night, and people saw you. So if you yeah. want it all to go down, yeah. you know this will all come out. So I don't. That's just my guess because like I, Mike didn't feel bad for Lonnie or anything. I remember him telling me he hated him. He just dropped the charges, and in a weird cir- series of events, Lonnie goes up, leads the Toronto Maple Leafs in scoring. And never ever comes back back to the in the playoffs. He had like fourteen points. He beat Sundin, and then he goes over to Switzerland, yeah. never to be heard of again. I, I couldn't believe. Like, why wouldn't you, in an opposite of Andre Bashkarov move? You know, <laughs> you get a guy going up and outscoring all the uh, all the Maple Leafs, and and not only that, guys. The next, so we Darcy, we uh, we won that, and we played the St. John Flames the next series, right? Uh, was it? Yeah, and then we, it was we Providence. Up, we lost out to Providence. Yeah, we yeah. played the Flames next. And this happened. Yeah. This is my last game. That's why I played. So, guys, the reason Mike sat me the first two games of the next series because I shook hands. Now I'm not wow. joking. Holy you know what shit. I did? You know when he called me back in the lineup? Game three, we were in St. John. I don't know if you remember this, Darcy, but there was a defenseman they had named Eric Sharon. He would missed the last. You know that. Yeah. No, no, no. Sharon. Sharon had missed half the year with a kidney problem. He had like a kidney okay. disease. And he came back into the lineup and all the fans like, you know, it was a very big moral thing. And Mike wanted to shut that out. He was coming back to play the playoffs. He had a kidney problem. So Mike told me to fight him first shift. And guys, I've never been so, I remember at this point, just one, that was my last game in the Montreal organization. I don't know if you know it. I set out the whole province. I set out all of it. I, I was there. I go, you're going to sit me after all this because I shook hands. I remember crying, Darcy. I wanted out. I was a little boy yeah. sucking on his mother's tit. I really, I, I, I remember just going, get me out. And like two years before that, just loving hockey so much and celebrating and going out with the boys. And I just loved it. And then all of a sudden, I hated my life. And I, uh, right, I looked over at Sharon. I said, I'm coming after you. I said, now, Eric, I'm not going to. I'm told to do this. And I got, and as I was pummeling him, I, I honestly, guys, as I was pummeling him, I remember feeling like I was going to cry and just like everything coming to, I, I hate to feel like a pussy here, but I, I didn't know what else to say to you. Like I, I had, my whole body was in a rage and I came off and I took all my gear and I threw it all over the room and I, and I went back and I looked at him on the bench while the boys were playing. I said, I'll never ever play for you. You motherfucker. I'll never play for you again. I hate you. I went, I took all my gear off, threw it all over the place. And I went out on the bus and waited for you guys. And they kept me around. They put Eric Schwinard or Mike Ribeiro in for me the rest of the playoffs. 
That's why, Darcy, I thought I was going to get fucking traded. I'm like, why wouldn't you yeah. trade me? You don't, you're, Mike's being an asshole to me. You don't have any plans for me. I'm down here. And anyway, it's turning into my story. But, you know, I've, it's been a while since I've said that, Darcy. And well, I know I was, you're yeah, like me. I was me. there for the whole thing. Yeah. I remember that whole thing coming to a head. Like, yeah, he, he just he spent all his time trying to manipulate certain players. And I don't really understand. I just can't believe he still has a job. Oh man! Well, well, he did some winning. I, he got us to the semifinal, and two years before that, he. And I'm sorry about talking so much there, guys. I had coffee, okay. but that, that was a story that Darcy and I, I can never really tell the full thing because no one was there with me. But Darcy was there, and I guess put those pieces together. But but the thing is, Mike had success. He won in Granby, and he brought them the, the Quebec League, their first Memorial Cup in 25 uh, yeah, they years. That team, though. They did buy it, but he still. Did. That, but again, over that he one. wins, they, but his methods. His methods are archaic and barbaric, but he wins. Yeah. Of course there was a fucking asterisk by it, right? Of course Granby <laughs> bought everybody, right? Of course when we went to the semifinal, he had other guys. I was pissed off, and he had first-rounders upset and puking before games. Any anytime, But anytime you tell me about Michelle Tyrion's success, it doesn't surprise me because he'll do anything to win, right? Well, I, the next year, we're, we're in Quebec the next year. Uh, Montreal had a bunch of injuries. The guys were all called up. So my line was... Me and Dave Morissette, and they had to put Stefan Robida up on the wing. I had to play center. Moose played, um, I don't remember if he was left or right shot, and Steph Robida. Moose must have been right wing, because Terrian tells us in practice, I I think this last night, uh, this new play will do uh, the left wing lock, so we'll go Moose and Darcy, you four check, and uh, Steph Robida will stay back. I was like, okay, left wing lock, I know. Yeah. So I, after the game, I'm talking, or after practice, talking to Jerry Fleming was our assistant coach and like Jerry when he said he thought this up last night he doesn't mean like he created this last night he means he thought we should use this and and Jerry's like no no Darcy he's yeah. trying to tell me that he he created this like, you fucking Finns have been doing this since the 70s and yeah, he's I trying know. to say that he created the left wing lock he's like oh no he totally believes that he created this he's a beauty he's and a piece he of work Again, again, oh, no. like Trump, and, like he would look at you and it. say it, and you're like, "But Mike, I've done this in Adam, my coach. Like, <laughs> I know that this was around, right? No, he totally believes his own stuff. Hey, it's funny enough. These are funny. Like I said, guys, I, I I'm sure me at that age. I was immature. Darcy, I remember Darcy for oh, amusement yeah. eating a full fucking brick of butter in Providence. <laughs> Wasn't that Whoa. what we were on a dare? Yeah. We were just, you know, Darcy would do yeah, that to get like, the boys going. You think I can do that? Yeah, I got full... like 80 bucks American out of it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm with Abercrombie and Fitch. You got some clothes after. Ate a full brick. 80 bucks American and definitely some stomach cramps out of it. Oh, man. No, it, was, it was bad. It wasn't so good the yeah, next day. I didn't think so. Practice was rough. Yeah, I yeah. did not think so. Um, <laughs> no, that, that but Darcy, you, you were one of those guys. The thing is, I had a lot of fun there and everything I mean, because oh, we would yeah, almost we use that, you know, it's great. like the anti yeah, uh, yeah. situation. You know, we would use that to rally ourselves together. I'm, I'm confident that we all grew as people and friends more so than the situation wasn't like that. Um, most excuse. of the time, boys, it was a bit of fun. Like he used to light up on the bus. Oh, we had a, we had a blast. Yeah, it, it was good. It wasn't all it wasn't all misery. It was yeah, yeah it was. I had, that's the re- I, part of the reason I stayed. Like I, I really could have probably should have went back to Kitchener and played an overage year. I'd only been in the old for two years. I, you know, my girlfriend at the time, she was in Fredericton, but it was more when I 
when I was in Fredericton, I, I never thought I was going to stay, you know, get sent to the American League camp. Fully thought I was going back to junior, but just the guys, like, you know, some friendships grew pretty quick. And we, it was a lot of fun. We had, it was yeah. a blast there. Darius so, was, Dar- I was, was in a dual kind of place, or not, they were all connected, and Darcy was next to me on Frederick Lane. We could throw a baseball oh, at yeah. Sweetwaters and Dolan's right across the street. Oh, that's <laughs> Oh, and how spot. many times, we? yeah, we used to it was get, perfect. we'd have the uh, stereo, and I'd bring, like, I used to bring guys at least, like, I had over a thousand CDs since, it's, like, when I signed, I bought, like, a thousand CDs first. That's the first thing I did. Columbia so, House, smart move. No, not even. <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish I'd done that. I just used to go into HMV in Montreal. It was, like, three floors big and three yeah, yeah. floors deep and just buy everything I ever wanted, like, even, like, one song, Wonders from the fucking 60s, whatever. I bought them all. And I used to take them everywhere. And I had an F-150 and the whole back, I got a cover for it, when I when I packed my clothes were insignificant. They'd fit in a bag, my hockey, my hockey bag. I put that in the front, and I'd put all my CDs in the back and take them everywhere. So, you know, we often the parties would come to my house because I always knew the oh. beer reps too. So the beer reps would always have the t- the fridge full, and we would come back and listen to CDs um, either before or after the bar. And when I say that, I'm not saying me and Darcy, like, it was the whole team at some point. Like, even guys like Mark Bocage yeah. and Sylvain Blouin, who I might... Well, they lived beside you, too. They were on yeah, the other side. they did. So, like, you know, and, and some guys... They called the cops some night. Mark, <laughs> I, I believe Mark Bocage called the cops on me that one night. Do you remember the Super Bowl party night, I had that only I got them? in shit for? Can you remember you know, that? You were trying to pay the cop to not come back. You're like, well, how much? How much is it going to cost me? Because I'll give you the money now. Just don't come back. <laughs> he went to Mike Tyrion yeah. and said, one of your players is trying to bribe me. Wow. This guy kept coming back for the noise complaint. Yeah. So that was my answer. Go up and get a handful of cash out of the fucking drawer <laughs> and throw it at him. But but anyway, if you're going to bribe a cop, a noise complaint is not on that list. He was, it was funny. He was, because we just wanted the party to keep going. I wasn't in one bit yeah. at any point in Freddie worried that I was going to go to jail or anything like that. <laughs> he was, uh, but the, the thing is, the cop was, he came with a girl cop too. And I, and she was, um, she was trying to explain that it was good music, but we had to turn it down. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But it was all kind of funny. And we ended up, we, we, we left it up. They let us put it at a certain level. I let them, like, do it themselves. I said, I promise it won't go higher than that. And I said, the two people on the sides are in this place anyway. So, yeah. you know, the two people that are connected to this house. But anyway, I remember when they left, like, they weren't pissed off or, like, charged us or anything. But the story got back to Michelle, and he freaked he freaked out, yeah, like, you know, why was... I can't imagine again, that's it was Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, and we had nothing on Monday. I just want to reiterate that. And I chose, right, to get all the beer that were free from the reps. I bought nachos and dip, whatever you're going to do. I didn't make anything, and I had the whole team over to my house. So it was a team move, really, that all, yep. often gets misconstrued back then. And the, the line between fun and over the top was very foggy. And anyway... <laughs> It's just, it's just all, this whole thing's about me tripping over my bottom lip. What else did I do that I got framed for, Darcy? No. Fuck's sake. I, I, I'm only kidding. Um, but I, what, I do want to know, bef- before we go here, Darcy, because we've been on for a while, like I knew would happen, <laughs> but I want to know, because this is huge. A lot of people don't realize that when you're coming out of major junior, you get a school package. So if you d- it protects yeah. guys. Like, if I didn't get drafted to Montreal and sign... I would have had my schooling paid for at any university in Canada that I chose to go to. Well, I guess one that I made the hockey team would probably be where I chose. <laughs> but um, So a lot of guys do that. But if you play pro, you have to sit out a year. It used to be for, for every year that you play. Mm. 
So well, yeah, well, that's the way it was whenever I went. Yeah. Well, you didn't sit out well, two years, my, right? Well, my overage year didn't count. Didn't I, I could have yeah. played junior that year, and I did. So that year doesn't count. The next year counted. My first year in Quebec City, it counted. Okay. The third year, I started the year that was I broke my eye sock and cheekbone the end of the year before, so I had only played three games. So that year, I had to I had to sit out a year for my last game played. Yeah, that sucks. And I lost one year of eligibility. Two two years, I I couldn't play five years or four years of university eligibility. I only had three. Yeah, you so lost two years. I went back. I had to. But you yeah, had to sit out a sit full out year. year and, yeah, you lost two years overall. Yeah. But the first year was right in the middle. So Darcy had to like take like ninety nine two thousand or whatever that was, completely off, to go back. Now, yeah, I, I went. I went home and I practiced with. I, I didn't know what university I was going to go to. I just started taking courses at UPEI in January, and I knew the coaches. They coached me Canada games. Uh, Doug Curry and Jeff Squires and and uh, Ronnie Carey. Those guys were the coaches. So I went back and started practicing with the UPEI team and was playing senior. You play senior hockey, there's no real rules in that. So I was playing senior <laughs> hockey, we won a maritime championship. And then the next year I played, uh, I, I decided to go to UPEI. I could have went, oh, Santa Fe. I could have went almost any university I wanted to, but uh, UNV was hosting. But, I, you know, he started practicing with the team and all of a sudden, yeah. and a lot of the Newfoundlanders, those were, my, you know, Ryan Tower and Warren Hefford. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Some Kate Bretner there too, William McCacken, Rob Bennett. Bob Bennett, I think he was a... Robbie, Robbie Bennett, Bennett great a, guy. He played, played on the quarterback yeah. Royals with me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw Cleon Robbie. Smith. Cleon Smith, another new Cleon. You know, played with you in Cornerbrook. Yeah, Cleon lived with me and Joel at, uh, in Pleasant Street there. You know uh, Cleon uh, passed, do you? Yeah, we, we had a little... Yeah, yeah, we did. We talked about yeah, that. I forgot. Um, but yeah, Cleon yeah. was a great hockey player. Good hands, right shot. Oh, great guy. Um, he played against the World Juniors and the team Atlantic was hosting. You know how they... Yeah. It was the year I think Flurry and then Flurry was in that. It was the year that Flurry shot the puck off his own player oh, went up over his head that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a all star team and it was yeah. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Um, um so there was there was uh Joel Ward and I and Cleon Smith all from our team who played on that. That is great. Were, and so you, you enjoyed yeah. your time. Now you ended up you oh, played a, a few years at PEI. Yeah, I had three years left to play, so I, I got my four year undergrad done in three years took summer school and stuff and just went to work and got it done i knew what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to be a teacher so got that done and then i applied and get into the one-year program at Mon. went over there and lived with you and that's and, it uh, so so i explain like well i'll explain it i guess um you know there's you can finish in upei and the, the, the setup is that our education program over here can often uh you can do it in one year whereas you have to do it in two years somewhere else yeah yeah so Darcy yeah. gives me a call and says, you know, I'm coming over. So it was great. So like I said, we'd live next. We were neighbors and, you know, real good friends, teammates. And then just a few years later, Darcy was coming over here to do his uh, schooling. So he lived with us for the year and uh, good friends with Senior. Um, yeah. And we'd, uh, <laughs> was... you know, it, yeah, it was a transitional time. And that was the time I was like, you were over here. I was like 260 pounds for, for, for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One one or two years, I just went fucking nuts. I did, you know. I, I got was... a picture there. You and I at uh, Halloween. I think you had the caps, the white caps, yeah, our baseball all stuff. uniform on, and I had the I had the green. What With was that, me and my big fucking gut spilling out over that. <laughs> I, I showed was one ninety five cents, right? Don't want to see that again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a really 
and I'd just gotten divorced, and I had to retire from high. Actually, Darcy, it was good you well, came over that year. It really was, because if you hadn't, I really, I think looking back, you asked, but I was like, no, I kind of need that because I was pre- pretty depressed. But more, more than anything, because the timing of it, people think it was all NHL. I was more depressed because I, you know, I, I wanted to keep playing pro hockey. I, didn't care if they got, I, I couldn't play in Russia or Germany or anywhere. I, 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 to me, it was a, I love traveling. It was a free chance to see yeah. the world. Um, but yeah. you know, it happens to everybody. And we could, like my dad says, man, he says, you could have got injured when you were 15. You guys yeah. got some great experiences yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or so, you could have been in my boat and just you, sucked. The... <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you're, you haven't peaked yet. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, in. You, I'm, I'm using that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using yeah. that. I haven't peaked yet. That's all my hockey hey, career. There's, there's a, there's a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Peaked I haven't yet. peaked yet. I haven't peaked yet. <laughs> well, look, there's, um, I'm gonna take off here. I guess you guys, you guys, got anything else for him? Just, just Darcy, what do you teach right now? Yeah, good, good question. I, I'm at the high school, so I, I teach. I don't have any tens. I'm usually eleven and twelve. So, I run the, I run student council and take kids every year to a student leadership conference. Wow. Goes all over the place. I've been been to Cornerbrook for it actually not that long ago. John Dennison out there, a good friend of mine, teaches out at CBH. And uh, actually, and Terry, what he played with you, uh, Ruben. Oh. Uh, um, Wait, Ruben Austin. Ruben Austin in Cornerbrook. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, they're good buddies of mine through that. But I teach uh, global issues, Canadian law, leadership. Oh, interesting. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's mostly oh. what I, mostly my, on my docket. And you're coaching, right? You're coaching hockey. I coach, yeah. When I come back after the year in, over in Munn, uh, I started teaching and I coached the major midget team, the Charlottetown Islanders. We hosted the Telus Cup coached against uh, like Jordan Everly was in that and wow. Jake Allen was in our league we, we played in the PEI New Brunswick League um, had some good players played for me too some real nice hockey players actually one guy uh, Greg Painter he tied for the for the tournament scoring uh, at the Telus Cup with Jordan Everly so well, look at that had, my last yeah, um, teams, so. my last now question my son. Durs, um would be <laughs> fuck was i gonna ask you <laughs> my last question is oh uh, are you gonna go over to newfoundland anytime soon man we're missing you at george street fest you can bring the family if you want oh man i freaking love newfoundland my wife and i both that's where i met my wife she's from pei but i met her during her education program over there yeah we were back there we were back what was that uh it's about a year ago now two yeah. years ago maybe my my wife graduated with her master's i got mine now too but i didn't get to cross the stage with her but we went back over Love going to Newfoundland. Absolutely. If we could have got jobs here, we would have stayed. Like I love St. John's. Lots well, it's of, very lots similar. Nice... I feel the same about like Charlottetown, but I, I think a lot of us, you know, that grow up, it's 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 not quite because the places are different sizes. It's it's to me, it's the people. St. John's got that Charlottetown yeah. small town vibe it's still. Like, I mean, like we only got two hundred thousand yeah. people, yeah. but yeah, it's it's the people. You know, if I walk into any restaurant or bar in, in PEI or any public place, I don't know why that popped into my head. Um, you know, I tend to, you, you, it's the same kind of people. Yeah. And I know as Canadians, yeah. we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common with Albertans, especially in Newfoundland with, mm-hmm. you know, the industries. and the, yeah. But I just find there's something about the Islanders. That you, you feel like when you run into a PEI Islander or, you know, Charlottetown, Summerside or Larry, wherever, you can just crack a beer immediately and start shooting the shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. You exactly. know, other Pick places are polite, off. but we can yeah. just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, look, for that reason, I'd love to see you soon. I'm going to be in, in PEI well, June or July 10th, 11th, 12th, I believe. I'd love to see you. Okay. Well, listen, I'm, I am camping down there. We got the camper down at the, 
we're camping down at the kids are at the hockey school. So as soon as you get in, shoot me a text, and we'll definitely have to grab a beer or two. Sounds good, Darcy. It was great talking to you, my man, and I know that people are going to enjoy this. You're a great guy, interesting guy, smart guy, and underrated hockey player. Thanks for coming on. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks for being here, bud. Thanks, Darcy. Uh, All right. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Penny Posh, maternity wear reimagined, breaking the barriers of style, fit, and comfort that often leave mothers-to-be uninspired in their new wardrobe. Penny Posh's designs have reinvented a clothing category often seen as disposable, temporary, and unattractive. Well, not with Penny Posh. Check it out. A continuous fit maternity collection from bump to bundle and beyond. You can check them out on Twitter at Penny underscore Posh, on Instagram at Penny Posh underscore maternity, and of course, on their website, www.pennyposhdesigns.com. Penny Posh Designs, maternity wear reimagined. All right. Uh, thanks so much to Darcy uh, for coming on, chatting with us. Uh, that one was great. Got to get him back on again. That was, that was a lot of fun. But during everything, I came across a crazy fucking story that we didn't talk about and I didn't want to bring up in the middle of the interview and shit because it was other places things were going. But the story about Mark Dial losing an eye. That happened during the 99 playoffs into the 98-99 season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In November of that same year, Mark Dial... Jeff Farkas. Yeah, Jeff I know. Libby. Jeff Libby, yeah. Libby, Jeff Libby. Fuck. In November skate, of that skate, year, yeah. Dial gets upended, takes out a guy's eye with his skate. Yeah. And then in the end of the... During the fucking playoff run, he loses his own... Like, that's fucked it's up. Crazy. Like, yeah. has that ever fucking because happened even before? People go, well, those hockey players are losing eyes. I'm like, no, it really doesn't happen that it much. It doesn't happen and that much. Way- and it happened to, like, the one guy. It I, happened yeah, twice I know. with There's him involved. There's a couple involved. close calls. Brian Berard, Saku Koivu had close calls. Those are the only ones I knew about. Well, I played uh, yeah. with a guy with one eye. Ryan Smith's brother... Uh, Kevin Smith, I played with him in Bentley. I played him with him in Boise. Hartford draft pick, lost it. Played another four years pro hockey. Wow. Played in the Allen Cup, has two Allen Cups. One eye fucking Holy Kevin Smith. That's glass. fucking nuts. He has a glass eye, and he would go often. His big thing, he'd go to the bar, and, and he'd order a drink. Yeah. And then he'd say, he'd take his eye and put it in there and say, can you keep an eye on this? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've seen <laughs> oh, guys do that. that. It's beautiful. It's kind of, kind of like they're, uh, that's like a little hidden club. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, but no, I just, I, I stumbled across that. Like, you know, just kind of looking up shit while you guys were talking about it and was just kind of like, what the fuck is this? Same season. Same, yeah. Like, fucking, like, six months in, yeah. in the, like, yeah, November you, to, like, what, May, I guess, with the playoffs. And like, you, you could put in, like, 5,000 man hours at the rink and you'd never see it. I still have another than that. Yeah. And it happened twice. To, in to one the one, guy, yeah, like, with one the guy one guy involved. gave it and took it in one year. That's fucked. Yeah, it's incredible. That um, is absolutely fucked. Um, boys... Uh, any anybody get anything quick to get to? Because I got to take off pretty soon. We got this is a shortened episode, I assume. Well, I think with the interview, it's still pretty fucking yeah, long. Still, it's but true. How no, long no. was the interview? The interview was almost almost man, an hour and a half, man. Jesus it was a great Christ. one, though. It was yeah, a great one. Um, I mean, obviously, there's like some stuff with the draft and all this kind of stuff, but we can talk about all this kind of stuff, uh, you know. And when we got some more time, I'm going to say one thing about the draft. Yep. One thing, uh-huh. and then I'll go. I just want to point out. Well, first of all, congrats to Alex Nohook. We're gonna, but huge I'm, congrats. Oh, to Alex. I'm, I'm gonna have Alex on here, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna ignore all of that for now. Alex Nohook, Newfoundlander, uh, one of the highest picks ever from Newfoundland. Not, not the, the highest. highest. <laughs> I was on, a, I was on a fucking plane, like yeah. refreshing it to be like, is he gonna go eighth? Is he gonna go? Oh no, not eighth yet. You, you know what? I had, him, I had him tenth on my list. I had him going. I to had Vancouver. him fifteenth. Did you? Oh, not, you had him going. To, I wanted him no. to go higher. I just, I just looked at what other people need. And if, yeah. see that guy that went sixth to Montreal or whatever, or no, to Detroit yeah. side yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
I he was off. They the were board. talking about one or two of those guys being off the board, mm. and if one of them goes, it knocks everybody down. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, not, yeah. If Alex went seventh, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. I just thought, you know what? And you look at what teams need, and yeah, I, yeah. I definitely knew he was going 16th, if not because he's perfect fit for Colorado, and they oh, already. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, I'm already doing it too much. We're gonna have Alex on soon. It's really too early, I think. That guy's got a lot on his plate. I think he might be busy for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to point out, look at the monsters that got drafted. People keep bringing up. Yes, Jack Hughes is 5'10". I know there's yeah. a few people there, but they're monsters. That guy, that, that guy Cider, that Detroit, they're like, oh, this guy's out of nowhere. 6'4", 210". At eighteen, there's guys six six. Look at the yeah, look at the saw, first I round. Saw a six yeah. six guy there, and six, I was like, six, How are you used six, to be one six, every four years? How, how, now they come out all the time. I Mike, just don't know how someone is six six at eighteen. Yeah, I know. That's the weird thing to it's me. Fucking like, that crazy. Is a j- well, like you don't fucking like you're not gonna hit, if you're not six six at eighteen, you're not gonna turn it at thirty two. Well, you're not gonna no, be bashed. But I mean, <laughs> you're not gonna be yeah, this I fucking guess. late bloomer and I like hit it at twenty eight. Like you know what? I guess sometimes you sneak an inch or two in after. But you're there is 18. more and more guys that tall yeah. playing. Um, that they're just uh, six six used to be completely unheard of in hockey. Like they'd come around once in a while. Like I don't know, Chris Pronger, Darian Hatcher, like. You know, every year or two or three. Six now, four is tall. The guy six in the World Cup, the, yeah, yeah it was six six. Yeah, yeah. And there's all kinds of guys. Um, my point being, I, I, I know the league is softer, and maybe it should be. I, I don't really know. I'm not commenting on that. What I'm speaking to is that all these people, I see articles all the time, just Google it. This small man gets by better now. Again, I don't see it. I don't, if the average is bigger, if I'm looking at the first round, and the vast majority of players are over six foot, and there's lots over six three, lots over six three, not one or two. Then to me, size doesn't have to mean toughness or punching, but size does matter in wingspan, in strength, in stride, in slap shot power. I mean, I can just keep going, but size uh, matters. If I'm, it's physics. If I'm a foot taller than the next guy, I'm going to get to the puck first. For example, I'm thinking that all of those articles might be sparked just because. Uh, the opposite paradigm, or well, paradigm's not the word I'm looking for here, but the opposite of that argument is it's no one's getting held back by being small like they would yeah. be 10, 12 years ago. But, I then, remember, but like, then again, I can still I can still comment before you go any further. How do you mean? Are you mean that they're not getting held back now, but they were getting held back before? I, I think before the 2000s, a big knock would always be, well, you're you're too small. You're too small. Okay, the so NHL. if there's so the I same think, amount now or less, yeah. how? If that was the knock then, then that's the knock now. Like people, yeah. To me, I, I just think if people, people aren't are... saying it anymore. You know what I mean? I just don't think. Maybe. I I don't. I I know for a fact that people used to tell in in articles you read about Marty St. Louis, they used to tell him, "Well, oh, you're too small to play in the NHL." It was just same with him yeah. as it was with Steve Sullivan. I don't think as it was with Theo yeah, Fleury. I don't think they're saying that to say when Brad Marchand was getting his draft year or when uh, who's that? Who's the uh, Johnny, Johnny Goudreau? Goudreau is Johnny a better Goudreau. example. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Goudreau. I don't think I don't think that's something that they were hearing when they were going into their draft year, as people would have been maybe fifteen. But to ago. me, I think it's all people's. It's it's an optical illusion. That's also true. If too. the people are bigger now, if the, if the average size is bigger now than when I played, now again, I know that being big helped you in fighting back then. Mm. But I'm saying, if the league is bigger now, then there's just as many small guys and just as many big guys, like or more, just as many minimum. Yeah, I guess more. If, the, if the average is higher, right, that, there that, has yeah, yeah, average average I used work. to come That's in as average work. or just over average. Now I'm slightly below. Yeah. You're looking at me as a guy who played in that era and fought all these tough guys. Now I'm a lot smaller than a lot of the league. Like, so I'm not saying it would help me or hurt me, 
But what I'm saying is that all these people, like Goudreau's good. I think Goudreau would have still played in the 90s. Like, you know, like Fleury did, right? Yeah. Like, like, otherwise, we would see the door open for an influx of young, or small guys right now, and you don't. There's the same amount or less that are in the league. That's all. I just want to say it. I got no reason to stick up for the big guys because I'm right in the middle, right? <laughs> I'm right on that fence. It's just that I hate when I hear people saying this, and I see, you know, and there's guys out there that are small, and it doesn't matter because now... The game has opened up. I know, but they'll find a way. It still matters if Zidane O'Chara is going to check Johnny Goodrow. We're at Calgary in the playoffs. I don't know. Look at the teams that were successful. I'm not even making that argument, really, but if you look at it, there's a reason. If Johnny Goodrow is going for the puck with Blake Wheeler, I put my money on Wheeler. Like, every time. And I know that Goodrow's good enough to shift out of it here and there. But I'm just saying, look at these teams now. St. Louis are it's, big. It's it's the, it's the issue. Oh, St. Louis are huge. Right? They're huge, but they won. And I think the and thing they got with, the most Canadians. And the thing with Goudreau is that if there's a puck going in the corner, yeah. Goudreau's going to get to that puck first. But if him and Wheeler get there at the same time, Wheeler's going to win that fucking it. battle, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like this guy, it's that if, if you're both at the fucking red line when the puck's going in, he's likely going to be the guy yeah. that beats out the icing. But if the two guys meet at the same time, and Goudreau's gotta he's be, fucked. Yes, and Goudreau's got to be so creative as a young guy that he can play amongst, or as a small guy, that he can play amongst that. There's all kinds of guys that are almost as good as Goudreau, but that matters. Physics matters. Yeah. Whereas if I'm like the size of Patrick Maroon... Right? I can kind of get away with a little bit more. <laughs> Pat Maroon, who's my favorite quote as any fucking hockey player, because it's it was he was getting chirped, I think it was the first round or, or right. something, it was a mic'd up thing, where someone called Pat Maroon uh, chubby or something on the ice, and he said, I may be fat, but I'm effective. And I just fucking loved good. it. It's great. It's pretty good. <laughs> this is two lines I'm taking home with me now. Today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Haven't hit my peak yet, and my, I'm fat, but I'm effective. Yeah. My point is that there are, there's the, the, the styles are going to change. Well, and just some certain guys, small guys now, I guess, wouldn't be able to get through. But like Nick Suzuki with Montreal coming in, I think he'll be fine. I don't know how small he is now. He's not tiny. But, he, you know, he's not large, he's not overly huge. And I just, I don't think it'll hurt him at all because he's a great player. But I think most, you know, the, the average size is going up, then it means a lot. One thing I'm going to say about these, these, uh, these, uh, these shorter guys they're not really small. Jesus Christ! They're yeah. They're they're like their legs are still tree yeah, trunks. I mean, look at Marchand. Yeah, their legs they, are still like I don't you know any NHL or that. I wouldn't say small is a fair not. I just say I think Goudreau is small though. Is he? I okay, think, I, I think I the guy on Vancouver Peterson. I think he's small. Oh yeah, he's he's yeah. actually pretty tall. He's just lanky yeah, he's and not filled out saying, yet. He, he, yeah. Yeah. There Boy. are there are some. Paul Correa was small. But, Paul Correa was small, and yeah. he played in all that era, man. He was yeah, a little. He was caught like a bag of milk. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't but, do him but any take, favors. But taking a look here, taking a look here at this year's first round. Jack Hughes is five ten. Uh, Capo uh, Capo Caco is six two. Kirby Doc is six four. Um, uh, uh, Bowen Byram is six foot even. Uh, Alex Turcotte five eleven. Uh, Maurice Sider, 6'4". Dylan Cousins, 6'3". So average... Philip Broberg, 6'3". Yeah. Fucking huge. Trevor uh, Zagras, 6'. Uh, and Vasily Podskolzin. This is a treat is just six to hear one. Mike trying to say so these now, names. Pause for a second before That's you go through everything. That's yeah. the top 10. So pause before you go anymore. That's the top 10. Yeah. The average now. So if you're looking at a league, if I'm from the outside and I go, okay, who are the 10 players that got drafted, the first 10 players of their age group to go in the NHL. Now, let me see about trends. The average there, Mike, is about six, two and a half. So, like, I'm, I'm sick of hearing it. I just, like, because, yes, there's guys like Newhook that are smaller than that, but 
again, I haven't brought up any. Is there anybody like Flurry? Like when you're talking Flurry and Goudreau, Flurry more like you're talking five five, like Steve Sullivan, right? And and people like that that were successful. I'm, we're talking about Newhook now, like he's tiny. He's five eleven, right? <laughs> like these guys are big. Like Hughes is still five ten. Cole, like, uh, Cole Caulfield is five seven. Okay, there's oh, one, guys. right? It, the averages is exactly the same as it fucking would be. Five seven one fifty seven. Okay, jeez. But he's obviously real creative. He's a magician. But right, and how many Fif- of those? Fifteenth overall. He, like always, is an anomaly. Yeah, he's I the had exception. A, I've, I've got a couple of friends of mine who have been talking about him falling to the Habs because they had them ranked higher, falling to the Habs since uh, February, like February, maybe even January, maybe a little bit a little bit earlier than that, and they they were kind of torn because they had Newhook going a little higher, and I was like, well, what what do you want if he's on the board? And he said, well, if the draft goes this way, Cofield won't be on the board if Newhook still is. And uh, it was still there, and I was—I I remember hauling up my cell phone and being like, "I wonder what they." And, and they were elated that the Habs got Cofield, and obviously happy for Newhook going immediately after. Yeah, the yeah. Think about 15, Newhook. 16, yeah. To, to be honest with you, I know—I know my inside. Even though I went eighth, I'm the highest pick. That's something to hold on to, but it's going to be broken at some point. And I know Alex, and I swear to you, I swear to you, as those picks were coming up. I was in my heart hoping he did it. I was right? hoping he didn't go to the West so, Coast because it'd be late to watch. Once, him. yeah, <laughs> once. Once he didn't break my record, yeah. At that point, I didn't care if he went thirtieth because it's about, it's about the opportunity and where he landed was fucking what a sweet spot gold. They've got McKinnon locked up. They've got a superstar. They've they're not a team that's contending right now for the cup, but they're going too soon. They need guy like like a guy like Newhook. They've got a great organization and what a spot I played down the road in Colorado Springs what a spot Denver is I looked at that absolutely elated for young new hooks because and, and it's you a know perfect situation and what's even better there is that he's also their second pick in the first round yeah so there's a I guy know. that went yeah. fourth and that's the it's guy perfect. that all the pressure's on yeah you know Bowen Byram is the guy that everyone's going to look to he's the six foot defenseman um he's the guy that went fourth overall so he's the guy that has all the big expectations Alex did Newhook you, is a steal for them at 16 did you see Newhook's Instagram did you no. see the boys cheering him in the concourse oh, that and all great. the jerseys yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I did something. I saw so, a bunch of guys wore uh, New Hook yeah. jerseys to Gonzaga that day too. So, uh, there was a Newfoundland hockey jersey down there at the draft yeah. or over in, in Vancouver. On his, and- um, yeah, no, I know. On his Instagram, Nathan McKinnon said, "Hey, uh, why don't you text me back?" And then, and then about another two hours later, he says, "Come on, kid, don't leave me hanging." <laughs> How about I just saw that today? And he fucking put oh, it no. on his Instagram. He put it on his Instagram. I just saw that. So today. he called out that he was like making McKinnon wait. Alex, Alex didn't put it on his Instagram. Oh, McKinnon, oh, McKinnon did. Commented on the picture. Oh, right? I, think, I, I think it was the picture of the Newfoundlanders all with their arms yeah, around yeah, each yeah. other. That's pretty good. And McKinnon well, commented one, on it. I thought you meant he like put a screen grab of like the conversation where McKinnon's just thirsty no. being like, hey, I, text me back, man. One one thing I'll add to this too as well is uh, you're a forward. You've just been drafted in the NHL and the GM that you're with is, is Joe Sackett. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a lot. Uh, to a me, left shooter. Not only that, a left Mc, sh- McKinnon yeah. is a big Kind of a different player than Sackick, but New, New Hook. Hook has way more similarities. The, I don't want to jinx the guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to jinx the guy or anything here, but that crossed my mind. I was like, well, well you know, look at that. The, yeah. the big boss is Joe Sackick. I yeah. see and a if, lot of, and they're if, around the same size. If there's yeah. anyone Close to aspire to. to be, or if there's anyone that yeah. you're going to groom to try to, maybe that's something, if we're lucky in another couple of years, we see. I, I also through. think there's something to be said for that. 
It doesn't always work as coaches, but I think when, you, when you've got anybody in the organization that's in a position of authority, like Steve Eiserman or Joe Sackick, oh. it can only be good. Well, they're welcoming you on that yeah. stage. When you're yeah, getting yeah. called in the first round and Joe yeah. Sackick's handing you a jersey, that's, that's I think that's a bit better than Brian like Burke handing you a jersey. That's just me. Yeah. No disrespect to Brian Burke. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you know, learn every day. Like I, like I can go back. I, I know the stats won't show it, but... The things that I learned just from like hanging around in the room with Vincent Damfus and guys like that, like by the end of the year, I remember like talking with guys about this. Like Brad Brown, we had on this show. Remember, him, like he used to just be fascinated. He's like, we just had like at the end of the year, he'd go like, we just had like a thousand hours with Vinny Damfus. Like we we know exactly what makes him tick. And he's like, a lot of people would pay money for that yeah. and little things to like mm. superstitions, like putting on your left skate first. Or, like, things that Dave Manson told me about, like, looking into the glass and using it as a mirror behind you. Like You, you pick up stuff just sh- shooting the shit. Yeah, yeah. Or I remember Don Foose coming in the first day with, like, because he was the captain there for a while. And the first day when we all made it, he came and he had, like, all these coupons. And he was giving us, like, this, here's your free tire change. Here, these guys will give you a free car rental for a month if you're on the Hab sports car or whatever. And I was going, and he just went around. And he took care of everybody. It was the first time I saw a captain like go way outside the yeah. box. And McKinnon looks like he's doing that. Like it's not up to you to go on Alex Newhook's fucking Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. great to get involved. And a lot of leaders, like it's just. I bet you McKinnon is one of those guys in the room. Just picturing um, Vinny Damfoos with a bunch of coupons here. There's a free booster juice. Game. It was everything. But yeah, but I McKinnon, mean, like everything. Is McKinnon still the captain, or yeah. is he the captain? Is it Landis Cog? Landis Cog. Yeah, Landis Cog is. Yeah, I yeah, just. He's no, but he's like that kind of leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, and I don't want to. It was just Vinny. At least half of his job was making sure that everybody was fine. Like everybody was different. Sometimes, sometimes you got a different. Sometimes you have a captain um, that you know leads by example. Nick Lindstrom when Detroit won it the last mm-hmm. time. Um, sometimes you got a guy that Lucy Goosey that's fun. That's you know, because it's whatever a team particularly needs and at that time. Sometimes you get a captain you can't trust. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get <laughs> sometimes you get captain for one goddamn game, and you can't trust that fucking captain. I mean, but that was the minors. I you don't cannot, want that fucking C I anyway. But trust you. That's true. Okay. I'm <laughs> all good right. At that. Well, on that, like, let's all fuck off. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm at Hickey Comma Mike. At Smokes Indoors. I am at Terry Ryan 2020 on Instagram and at Terry Ryan 20 on Twitter. And uh, we are at three of my podcasts on all the things. We'll be back next week to shout out at you about hockey. Thanks for tuning in folks. Worst crowd, worst crowd, worst crowd.